Today we're going to talk about the Russians um, and the Russian. Uh, God, well, okay. Just now I'm like now I'm uh, I have stage fright basically. Oh, I think it happens. You know I won't stop because there's no point. I'll, yeah. I'll just roll. You you can try. Okay, let's do it again. Yeah. You want me to start? Sure. What if it's just going to be more natural? Who do knows? It. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Hey, it's Evgenia, and I'm here with Yasha in Los Angeles. Um, I'm intruding on his um, Immigrants as a Weapon project. So today we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter protests and the way uh, they're portrayed in Russian media and the way Russians generally reflect on them. And Yeah, I mean, because I think, you know, if you've been following... Uh, the coverage of Black Lives Matter protests here on, you know, American TV and in American newspapers... You've probably noticed a, 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 an effort to blame the protests in part or uh, fully on sort of the, the Russians and Russian influence and um, a sort of a, 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 a Russian desire to destabilize America and American democracy. I mean, this uh, I noticed this almost as soon as the protests started happening in May. Uh, all these big uh, social media accounts on Twitter started promoting these really insane conspiracy theories. Um, that we're trying to say that some of the officers involved uh, in the murder of George Floyd uh, were um, actually unwitting Russian agents and that they were being sort of motiv motivated and, 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 and sort of controlled like, like puppets in these dark ways and they were not even themselves aware of this. I mean, this was like big accounts with, you know, 100,000 followers were promoting this so they were getting incredible spread on uh, viral tweets um, on, 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 on social media. But also it wasn't just Twitter, right? If you turn on, what, what is it, a Wolf Blitzer CNN? Yeah, I know, exactly. I mean, I was going to say that like it's, they first started circulating on social media and then immediately they went into the mainstream media so uh, you, you had um, that very first week that the protests uh, happened. You had a big article uh, in the New York Times by these two sort of main uh, national security reporters from the New York Times um, talking to spies, you know, un, 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 basically anonymous sources within the intelligence community talking about how uh, Black Lives Matter is actually kind of being orchestrated uh, by the Russian government and it's part of this big uh, Russia's long-standing active measures campaign to destabilize American democracy. And then, you know, you had on CNN, Wolf Blitzer had on uh, Obama's um, national security advisor, Susan Rice, who um, speculated that Russia was probably funding the movement and funding the protests. Um, and to many of these commentators in, um, you know, in mainstream media and in uh, sort of main, mainstream political, uh, um, political uh Actors, you know, they um, be, Black Lives Matter was at least in part part of a malicious Russian strategy, right? To to divide the country, heighten America's racial tensions, and in order to de destabilize America. Um, I mean, this is really bizarre because I mean, very clearly, this is a this is a very genuine domestic political movement, um, and blaming it um, on some sort of foreign uh, malicious um, influences. You know, very essentially racist conspiratorial thinking. You know that uh, that, that posits that implies that black people are es essentially incapable of independent political action or or anger or any kind of righteous violence unless they're being directed and controlled by a malicious foreign force that's sort of guiding them and uh, and manipulating them because they're so gullible. I mean, it's gross. It's offensive. It's very racist. But it goes back a long way in America. I mean, you going back to right-wing groups like the John Birch Society, for instance, that was founded by Charles 
co-founded by Charles Koch's uh, father. You know, uh, Charles Koch is, of course, one of the most powerful and richest men in America. Um, you know, they were blaming the civil rights movement on communists um, and Jews uh, and these sort of outside agitators that and were... somewhat successfully, right? Because... People believed it, People yeah. sort of, of believed course, in yeah. it. But, you know, so these are the kind of the, the, the strange kind of conspiratorial uh, conspiracies that have been circulating around sort of liberal, the liberal media eco ecosystem um, um, after these protests emerged. I mean, they're, they're insane and, and they don't really have much uh, validity, but, you know... Um, you know, putting that aside, at least, you know, you'd think that Russia, um, that you, you'd think that there was at least some truth to the fact that Russia was using these protests and especially the, the violent response to, uh, to suppress them by the police all across America. At least Russia was using them in some capacity as for propaganda, right? As anti-American propaganda. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, I mean, America's constantly like hammering and, and criticizing Russia for being essentially a police state. Cracking that, yeah, down. Yes, that cracks down on any, on any kind of political activity that violates people's, humans, you know, people's human rights, that suppresses political protest violently with force. Um, so you'd think that you know, Russia would seize on, these, on, on the protests, right, and, 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 the, and extreme police violence against um, civilians and against protesters. I mean, you know, it would, it was, it's a perfect opportunity for Russia to turn the tables. Yeah, and this way you would think, okay, to turn the tables, and this way kind of at least confirm some of the somewhat insane speculations of, like, CNN, that Russians are somewhat behind it, and then it that wouldn't seem as insane. Yes, exactly. But the reality is way darker and funnier. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, if you thought that America, uh, Russia is basically saying, oh, great, this is a great opportunity for us to show how, how hypocritical America is, how hypocritical all these, you know, calls for human rights and liberal democracy that America is always making and, and demanding from other countries. Um, you know, if Russia is seizing on this opportunity to make that point, to show the hypocrisy of, of sort of the American empire and American values, if you thought that Russia is doing it, you'd be completely wrong, right? Because uh, they're on the other side. I mean, they're on the side of the cops. They're against the protesters. I mean, they are with American sort of uh, the American establishment on this one completely. Um, um, I mean, f from the Kremlin down to the liberal opposition uh, and it, pretty much anyone, everyone in between, Russians are on the side of the police in these yeah, protests. Yeah, Russian media is pretty much... Fox News at large. Yes, it's I mean, like it's, a... it's, yes, it's channeling Fox News completely. And so, I mean, it's, it might seem bizarre that Russia isn't seizing on this opportunity to, to, to criticize America and to sort of, uh, and to show the hypocrisy of the American values, you know, that it's always talking about. But there's actually a, 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 a political and cultural logic to why Russia is very hesitant to um, support these protests, even, even, even cynically and superficially and, you yeah. know, um, you know, just for propaganda purposes, but there's but there's a logic to it, and and, and this is what uh, Evgeny and I are we're trying to get into. Yeah, yeah. we're going to try but to talk I just about wanna, this. But I just want to one yeah. thing I want to say is that like the basically it would seem bizarre that Russia is not doing that only to people who fully sign up to the kind of the the new cold they believe in the new cold war and Russia being this old basically Soviet kind of union transformed into, I don't know what people think transformed into, but still remaining basically an opposing uh, force and ideology, which is clearly yes. not true. And uh, so, and if you know that it's not true, then it's not going to be as surprising that Russia is not acting the way CNN portrayed it. Yeah, totally. I mean, because, I mean, the people who really believe this idea that there's an actual propaganda war happening, yeah. um, 
are the basically people who think that we st- are very much stuck in in a cold war ideology in in in, 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 a, in a world where there's the American Empire with its free enterprise system on the mm-hmm. one hand and it's in its democracy and then there's sort of the communist system with its you know crushing of human rights and its collective ownership of property and its hatred of businesses I mean the, and the, the, these are the ultimately these clash of civilizations and that they have to basically convince you know each other's populations and the population populations around the world that their view of of the world that, yeah, that their system is superior I mean the, that did exist but not anymore <laughs> exactly and so the, the, the this kind of propaganda war uh, doesn't exist in, in in not that there isn't propaganda on both sides but it doesn't exist in in, in, in the in, in the format in the way that people um, think it does yeah the, the essentially American political establishment on both sides uh, you know conservative liberals progressives I mean are still stuck in this basically they think the Soviet Union even if they know that the Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore they think that the Soviet Union still does exist in spirit and that we're still fighting that war you yeah, know, it's one of the war. most idiotic like um, peculiar things of the basically American media I I witnessed in the last what four years almost three four years yeah I mean I think most Russians if you tell them that this is that 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 uh, that in America people believe that they're still fighting basically the spirit of the Soviet Union uh in like the body of putin they'd like they they wouldn't believe you i mean they actually if you, you know when we, we when we were there uh and lived there you know uh 2017 yeah, yeah like people would like look at me like i'm some kind of crazy person when i try to explain um that this is actually a prevalent prevailing uh idea uh, in american political um uh culture and just just culture culture in general so i mean um i don't know it's it's a kind of a it's a it's a it's a pretty um It's a pretty diffuse subject, you know. Um, but al- yeah. And also schizophrenic. That's why it's actually hard to, like, um, attack it kind of hat on. So, But we'll get, actually, what we're going to do, we want to get really into the weeds of this all. Yes. And, like, quote people and say who says what. And since, you know, not everyone clearly can read Russian press and understand Russian and whatever gets translated, I don't know who does that, how. I think we're actually kind of good candidates to like try to figure that out. If we don't do it, who will? <laughs> who, who will? Yes. So, um, yeah. yeah. So we did our homework and <laughs> we have crazy notes. And It's pretty insane. So, I mean, what do you think? Where should we start? Like, um, what's the what's a good place to start? Should we just start with... Um, Well, one of our main points we're trying to prove is that uh, both um, basically pro-Kremlin, I don't know what you say, conservative um, conservative media and um, so-called uh, liberal opposition fully agree yeah. um, on this pro-police, anti-protest take. So I think we should probably start there with just, yeah. you know. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, one of, the, one of the things that, you know, when, when Evgenia talking, and I talking privately, one of the, th- uh, talking privately about Russian society and Russian culture is ultimately that there is not much of a difference between Kremlin, the Kremlin kind of pro-Kremlin, Putinist sort of side of, of Russian society and the liberal anti-Putinist, anti-Kremlin, oppositional society. I mean, they disagree on some cultural values um, that are very superficial, but on, at, at, at a core level, at, at actually the most important level, at their political and ideological level, they're all um, exactly the same. Uh, and they have a share, they're all, they're, there's no, almost no difference to them. I mean, they're, they're, I mean in America, we, we, they'd be called neoliberal here, Um, you know, conservative neoliberal uh, neoliberals. Both of them. Yes, right. both the Kremlin, Kremlin uh, crew and sort of the opposition to the Kremlin. Um, the conservative neoliberal. I mean, right in, in wing. Russia, right both. wing. Yes, like culturally right wing and politically uh, very um, sort of libertarian. So I mean, in Russia they would be called liberals. 
Um, that's what a liberal is, and 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 so you, in America, this this term is you know, it's people would you know refer to this as neoliberalism, but but they're actually at, at a core level they're very much the same, and you actually see this in their response to uh, the Black Lives Matter protests. Um, because the the response of the Kremlin and the response of the opposition to the Kremlin is exactly the same. There was, there was slight variations for cultural stuff, but at, at, at core, the same. The core is the same. And, and I think it's very telling um, is that uh, if you ever heard of um, kind of the, the leader of the Russian opposition, Alexei Navalny, keeping it quiet. Probably no, no, I, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him make any kind of big public mm -hmm. statement because if he made a public statement in support or in opposition, you know, there'd be a lot of stink either way. So, um, but anyway, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, I think. So, I mean, so the question is, where do we, where, where do we start? What that word is, do we, should we start with Dmitry Kiselyov to like lay down the kind of the official Kremlin position on this? Oh, official Kremlin position is it's actually pretty interesting, yes. very interesting. Actually, really well so, sort of. So, Dmitry Kiselyov has, has uh, the most popular, kind of biggest, most promoted news program uh, in, on, on Russian state television. Um, channel one. Channel one, and and he and it basically sort of throws down um, the the official government position on whatever the issue of the day is. And the other day, um, he you know it, it was a, it's about a half hour segment that he does. He started the segment I think with a quote from Dostoevsky's uh, The Demons, right? The, that's how he started the the segment. He began the, the new segment actually by by reading a oh, quote yeah. from yeah, the yeah. segment. Oh yeah, yeah, He was actually reading a quote straight from the book uh, from one of the demons, uh, aka. Um, revolutionary uh, characters from the book, I think, Pyotr Verkhovensky. Um, yeah. and, uh, and then he basically fully equated uh, the demons with the protesters kind of fomenting and yeah. organizing here against the government. And uh, his whole shtick, or whatever the people who wrote it, was that um, these people, exactly like the demons and any kind of, I guess, revolutionaries in Russia, you, you would think, are boat rockers. Is that how to translate it? Because that was the... Well, that yeah, was, I mean, that so basically, I mean, cause, I mean, yeah, I mean, the demons is, is, is Dostoevsky's, um, you know, kind of most reactionary, anti-sort-of-revolutionary uh, novel, right? I mean, di directly so. So, right, you know, The Demons is basically inspired by this kind of, like, um, er early Russian revolutionary called uh, Sergei Nechaev, who is sort of famous in... in, in, in 1860s, in, Yes, who's famous in sort of, you know, uh, in Russia and is in famous in sort of the history of Russian revolutionaries development. He was this, you know, anarchist who advocated... He was a Bakunin's... Um, sort of Bakunin was his mentor... And this guy, uh, Sergei Nechaev, you know, he advocated for violent uh, revolution and essentially to create um, conditions within Russian society through assassinations, through like... Uh, Not even violent revolution, which was advocated first sort of almost senseless kind of violence. terrorist yeah, acts like just, in a just, way. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like on all levels. So basically from the Tsar down to the local, you know, shop owner, from the, uh, from like, you know, some small provincial uh, landowner to, you know, a high minister of, uh, you know, so basically sabotage, random assassinations, just random, you know, like lighting things on fire. I mean, that basically to create chaos in society and in, in, in order to overthrow it. Yeah, and they were famous um, basically the way it was organized, or at least the idea was behind it, to sort of kind of do it in a decentralized manner by forming revolutionary, I don't know how to translate cells? it. Cells? Yes, yes, cells. They're kind of small. I mean, I, I think yeah. this like number five is maybe a bit 
not precise, it doesn't have to be five people only, but basically rather small, decentralized, impossible to fully track down and like destroy because they're like so small. It's and a classic out. sort of, it's a classic sort of, uh, um, you know, underground structure so that if, if one cell is found out and discovered, they can't ever trace, uh, it, they down can't ever the trace it to the next cell. So like they're all kind of, so basically... So basically, you know, they know how to, they're they're like run independently, and they receive instructions from like the the master organization, and that master organization basically controls all these different cells, and but the cells don't really know who's above them, right? And don't and who, really fully know about each other. And don't know about each other at all. No. And so and so Dostoevsky wrote this really great novel. I mean, a very reactionary, really amazing novel. You know, basically based on this character and based on the on, on his plans to, to you know do a revolution like this through just complete anarchy. Violence, senseless bloodletting, right? Um, and and so Russian state TV, uh, you know, Dmitry Kiselyov led with a segment that basically wrote, reading, uh, you know, a, a quote from the from the, the book. One of the revolutionaries who was trying to basically rile things up in this small small provincial town in Russia, and like you know, as part of one of these plots. And 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 the whole point of what 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 he's trying to say, and what the Russian government is trying to say, is that these protests are basically like these kind of... Eco of that. Yes, they are. That is what's happening in America. There are these radical socialist revolutionaries basically trying to destabilize society to, to and overthrow it. Yes. Yeah, and again, and, and basically Dmitry Kasarov and Kuli Orte, like the channel first fully shares this, agree, agrees on this take that Russia, unlike America, knows that stuff pretty fucking well. Revolution yes. happened in Russia before that. It was fermenting for almost 100 years or whatever, 50 to 100 years. And um, almost like the vibe of that program was very kind of all-knowing. Yes, yeah, so he began, right? yes, he began with that. He said, like, look, we're Russians. We know. We know. We've, we've had the rev we had these crazy, like, socialist revolutionaries take power here. So we know what we're talking about, and that's what's and, happening yeah, in America. And, also, and we know what they're doing. They're yes. actually just senselessly um, <laughs> rock boat, ro rocking the boat. Rocking the boat, but it's that's even more than that. I mean, rocking, rocking the boat, it's like rocking the boat is almost too... Um, I mean, it's like when, when you're saying like the word Raskachka, I mean, I almost feel like Raskachka is a lot more violent than that, right? Like, because it's about like... Um, to, to, no, but it is that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how else to yeah. translate. Yeah, it's like to de basically destabilizing, yeah. Um, and, you know, and so, and so then, you know, and so, and so the, the, the program then went down the, the points, like they, uh, so it's a kind of, it's actually pretty interesting, you know, uh, what the arguments he makes are. So he starts with comparing um, the, you know, the protests and the protesters um, against racism and police violence as violent uh, socialist revolutionary, basically kind of, uh, you know, echoing what uh, sort of the, the right wing in America is saying, that, uh, attributing the whole thing to the, to the sort of radical Marxist organization that they call it, that they think Antifa is. Mm -hmm. um, and then he goes down. So, so the next thing he does is that he defends the New York Times from criticism that it ran um, an, an op-ed by... Um, uh, Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton, basically, which called uh, to, you know, well, yeah, to call in the army to, to suppress these protests. And he, and, and so, and Kisilev said that actually this is a very good idea. You know, sometimes you need to bring in the army to quell protests, you know, like America has done this before in the past and it should, and, and the fact that it's like, you know, the, the New York Times is basically censoring itself mm -hmm. um, after, you know, making a, you know, what is a very sensible call uh, to do this is actually like a, um, a sign, a disturbing sign. It shows that the Marxists, basically, and the, these revolutionaries have gotten in, have actually have influence and sway over the New York Times. 
but what's interesting actually about it, because I don't know how much into details we need to get in yeah. here, but I, I felt that, okay, Channel First and the kind of uh, bright minds writing those programs are clearly, I mean, somewhat for Russians, like a well-read, educated people, like very cynical and all that. And this is what they really think, which actually proves exactly our point that for Russians in Russia, it doesn't matter, liberal, conservative, there is no this like, what do, what do you call polarity that that existed during Cold War. Mm -hmm. They actually see the world as one. They're like one with kind of American elites in some degree in their thinking because um, the way they portray the protests and generally talk about all this uh, betray like clearly shows that they're scared of any kind of protests happening um, mm -hmm. on the ground in Russia yeah. of, of the similar nature, you know, yeah. anti-authoritarian or evoluting. And uh, so and that's their biggest concern. They clearly, d there's no thinking of any kind of seizing the opportunity to push their own propaganda and uh, to denounce uh, horrible American uh, capitalist and an authoritarian, blah, 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 hypocritical yes, thing. Yeah. It, it, they clearly see, it, it seems like they see the world as one and they're fighting uh, together with, I don't know, Trump I, against this like radical. Yeah revolutionary weird groups at least I mean, yeah, as I they mean, see it right yeah i mean they're, they're basically they're they're, they're i mean the, the official russian propaganda f you know for internal consumption right so this is like this is aimed at the russian population the tv watching this is the main kind of this is what the you know this is what they want the russian people to think is that like um um uh any kind of protest against state power uh, bad. is bad it, it's, it's no it's it's immoral it's bad it's 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 yes it's 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 being carried out by radical left leftists and that if they're allowed to go it'll be back to, it'll it, it'll be a reversion back to this some kind of soviet system basically it's like the they're saying that this is the soviet union is alive and well in america basically uh, yes. yeah and and that like and that any kind of state you know the state has the has the moral uh has the authority and the moral and moral imperative to crush this kind of protests. They're, they're standing with Trump and they're standing with the police officers, they're standing with state authority, they're standing with the power, the coercive power of the state against, uh, against democracy. So for internal consumption, they're not just saying, hey, look how bad it is over, in Amer in, over there in America. Like, there. You, like, you better be happy with what you have because yeah. otherwise we're gonna turn into America. They're saying like, like, actually, we support America in crushing these people. When these kinds of things happen in Russia, and you know they periodically do for different reasons, there's the sort of the elections. You know, there's like protest against sort of election fraud and like attempts to control the election. There's yeah. protest, you know, against like you know all, all sorts of different things. You know, including you know, I mean, the, the probably the big protests that broke up uh, broke out across uh, Russia that were very organic was protest against these sort of like garbage dumps that were basically illegal garbage dumps that were you know being used by cities across Russia that were like toxic that were poisoning small cities you know small provincial cities all across Russia right i mean you know there was some crackdown on those things and whenever something like that happens in Russia when there's a whenever there's a pro a popular protest against state power right against you know putin and but just against the government in any capacity in in, in russia the, you know american media and sort of the american way of dealing with this is to always side with the protesters right always right yes. like yeah. I mean, in a way and, rightly and, and, so and, and it doesn't matter if it's even hypocritical right because you know america could be doing the same thing or supporting these you know things that russia is doing in other countries it, it, it it's not about you know being uh honest or whatever but it's it's about sort of like you know projecting 
your ideology, um, you know, abroad. And so, and so America would always seize on protests, you know, in Russia to bash Russia, right? And what's amazing, I mean, for internal consumption and for external consumption as well. I mean, so... so Pretty it, consistently, it, yes, actually, right? There's, yes, yes. So the, the line would be the same for, for, for people inside the country. They're saying, look how evil Russia is. Look what a police state is. it is. Look, look, how, you know, look how badly they're treating people. And sometimes, you know, there's a lot of truth to what's being said. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, but it's at the same time, it's using, um, you know, it's sort of foreign uh, propaganda apparatus like Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, to project that stuff abroad, right, to Russians and to other countries and to, and to you know, to Europe and to, to basically all around the world to, to show, look, this is why we're against Russia. This is why we're in conflict with it, because look at, you know, it's look at, look how, look, look what a totalitarian police state it is. But Russia isn't doing that. It's, 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 it's actually fully siding with the Rus with the, with the American state in this, in this, in this manner, which is incredible. You know, I mean, and confirms everything I already believed Russia <laughs> was and the Russian elites are. Which is, which Only is, confirms. Which is, is a basically, a, I think it's a colonial um, mindset, colonial kind of shithole uh, for the last 30 years or, or more. Before, yeah. You know, I don't know, probably 35 at least during Perestroika. And, um, and that's how people think. So, um, you know, Russian citizens... Um, at large, basically stand with American empire values-wise, mm -hmm. and um, and it's not surprising because that's what that's the values that won there, and uh, people sort of welcomed in a way, what is it, this type of ideology or way of life, mm, since you know since late eighties, early nineties at least, if not if not early, honestly. So and I, you know, it, it actually makes kind of makes total sense that it would be that way and then you know like obviously for the sake of propaganda and this whole 2014 kind of started the you know the ukrainian kind of conflict and war and uh, a certain thing that um you know kind of existed internally of this like anti-americanism and uh returning to some kind of glorious days of Russian Empire by mm -hmm. seizing Crimea. I mean, that seems actually very superficial mm -hmm. overall. Yes, that does exist, but I think it's actually it's weak. way more... It's, it's weak. weak, it's weak. And it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not There's like a lot of attention paid at this by the foreign Western media, but truly when you actually, first mm -hmm. of all, live there, and then also this happens and you look how the media reacts and how people really feel, yeah. that, that side of the rhetoric or the sentiment is actually very very weak yeah so the the true face is this yeah i mean basically it's like <laughs> you know? russia is extremely un, 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 um, very uh, it's it, it has no confidence in its own um sort of um position because if it had a, if it was confident and, and strong and believed that it's part of this new kind of empire and and actually believed it you know itself right that it's creating a new world and that it is it, it actually would be supporting uh, the protesters in America, mm -hmm. right? As a way of undermining American power and American sort of, you know, values that America projects to the world about itself mm -hmm. and, to its, and, and to itself as well. So Russia would actually be sort of um, confidently, even hypocritically, uh, backing the protests. Yeah, it doesn't matter, yeah. but, but it but doesn't. It, but it doesn't, and, and that's part of it. My, 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 you know, my sense of it is that it basically, because it's extremely... Um, um, unsure of its of itself Very because scared, yeah. because the main thing that Russia and, and Russian elites are afraid of is instability. They're you know they're extremely unpopular um, with the people. I mean they're 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 the rule the the Russian government and, and sort of 
the, the oligarchy that it sustains and that it sustains it is very unpopular, you know, with the Russian with Russians in, inside Russia. I mean, there's no viable alternative to to it right, at all. There's no there's no viable uh, sort of alternative mm -hmm. ideology or political move. But it's like not a popular. Uh, it's not it, the people in power are not popular with with people, you know. Um, and so, like, they're afraid of any to back any expression of political of, of, of popular discontent with the government yeah and also people it, it, it there's uh, so schizophrenic but russian people at large generally historically and even during soviet times yeah kind of suspicious of the suspicious of the government of their own government suspicious of the uh, sort of official media stance and basically official government propaganda and that's why from what i understand even back in the 1960s uh during like civil rights when um soviet union uh, back then did seize on that and basically mm -hmm. would say how look how racist america is yeah. how horrible black people are treated look at the, all these violations of so-called human rights that this country supposedly espouses yeah and it basically, from what I sense, Soviet citizens frequently did not believe that, yes. and still thought America is this like paradise for everyone, because they heard that from their own government that they didn't actually yes. trust. Yeah. And that's actually kind of hard to convey, I think, here, because it, and it happens in a way again, right? So, yes. No, well, actually, I don't. I actually, no? I actually think it's perfect. It's actually a good transition because look, because back then it's like, okay, let's say you have some sort of like liberal, sort of oppositional, sort of you know, you know circles and you know groups within the soviet union who you know like understood that all this is propaganda and they didn't believe anything that came mm -hmm. from the soviet union but apparently my dad was a part of this you know the, you know he would listen to a radio free he would listen to voice of america mm -hmm. to the bbc and like knowing that like this is the only alternative source of information that you can get because this stuff is controlled by the state and you don't really trust it but you know what's interesting with these protests and the way that the sort of the, the, the reaction of, of Russian society to these protests shows actually now there's not much difference between the opposition and, and sort of the Kremlin and, and the government. Because if you, if you turn to the oppositional newspapers and oppositional news, uh, radio programs and, and TV programs that are in Moscow, you see pretty much the exact same arguments being made by the Russian opposition um, about the protests in America. Almost the same terms. It's exactly. Which is, so back yeah. in the Soviet Union, they were actually, there was actually a conflict. The, you know, the Soviet Union government was promoting like, you know, sort of a Marxist perspective of the world and sort of the opposition, uh, you know. The Soviet a, a, liberals in a way, Yes, right? the Soviet liberals were basically, you know, turning away from that and they were looking, and they were turning to a kind of a liberalism or, a, you know, American liberalism, uh, Western liberalism. And so there was actually a clash of values. Right, right. Not anymore. And, but today, not at all. And so we can maybe move to the sort of the liberal. Um, okay, that yeah, that's a good segue because okay, one of these odious, did I say right? Odious, oh, yeah, odious, yeah. odious figures yeah. that I think even somewhat known abroad a little bit, Ksenia Sobchak. Oh. She's the daughter of the first mayor of Saint Petersburg, first I think democratically elected mayor, Anatoly Sobchak, who was uh, famously mentor of Putin. Putin got a start in politics in the in administration of, of Sobchak in, in, in St. Petersburg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so in a way, um, some people in Russia kind of call Putin uh, this Ksenia Sobchak's kind of godfather figure and all that. And Ksenia is famous for, I don't know, being basically a media whore since her early 20s. Now she's in her, I don't know, late 30s. I've been witnessing her 
in it's one way or another life. my entire life in one it, way or another and because what, what, what was the th- earliest thing that you remember about her when she was a university student named Gimor this like diplomatic uh, university. university yeah for diplomats um, I don't know I, I've heard because I had some friends who went there who were older than me anyway uh, she was like a really bad student and I think she wanted to be just in the media somehow and she became a TV host um, of this um, Dom Dva what's the House. equivalent of that well, it's in like, America um, there's reality some, show yeah it's like basically the, fir- the first really popular reality TV show in Russia correct and yeah. it was basically people lived in a house together like um, simple people I picked for their ev- looks or whatever to live together in some like weird country houses and form like um, some kind of relationships and discuss them and I, I don't I don't even know what the uh, hell there's an equivalent it's probably no there's definitely- a, there's a TV show um, there's an MTV um, uh, the real world I think um, oh is it like the real world I mean there's this you know there's this uh, anyway it doesn't yeah, matter some yeah. trash TV in yeah. short I don't want to get into this so basically she was a TV host of basically a really trashy TV program wildly popular in early 2000s uh, and uh, okay that's her kind of media star that's how like generally Russians like found out about her but then she transitioned into all of a sudden becoming kind of almost like a political pundit a serious person uh, started wearing eyeglasses no I remember because I, I remember the entire transition and all of a sudden became kind of like um, like a serious interviewer with her own shows I, I don't know both TV sometimes but also now on YouTube mm-hmm. so and uh, her latest kind of claim to fame is that she was a presidential candidate <laughs> she tried uh, from, to the run li- pre- from the liberal opposition from the liberal opposition so she yeah. tried to run for president against Putin, against Putin. so yeah. that was a real and, and the thing about her what? and Putin is that basically she she almost has like she is has familiarity I mean she has like total political immunity uh, completely because in essence like Putin babysat her when she was a child I mean because he, there are pictures of them yeah she was yeah, like a little she would, girl he was like you know when he was a nobody when he was just sort of like you know basically um, you know carrying s- her, s- her dad's like uh, suitcase yeah, or briefcase. briefcase I mean he was like yeah he was like a, basically was a, a help. He, was the, he was the help and, and she was a, a kid and, yeah. and, and so like they're family they're basically family and she's this like opposition figure you know even she you know like the, the new American press when she she's would, heralded as opposition figure she doesn't like, no, no, I mean she the, she presents herself as that and the American sort of press um, like pre- 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 presents her that way um, and she's you know she's a she's probably one of the most famous person, you know political personalities uh, in, in Russia right I mean she's like you know I mean, she's like, I don't know what you'd call it. She's like a, she's like a mixture of like Paris Hilton. Imagine if Paris Hilton, like um, um, Megan McCain. Well, that's um, a good mix. Um, and like, but there's more. And there's more. And like, but what, who else? Like something else like um, Ivanka Trump. Um, oh, like yeah. All together. Um, and, and actually Donald Trump himself, because she, she has her own reality TV show. She's like kind of a you know, a self-made uh, media personality uh, that yeah. comes from a very privileged background, but still a self-made person. No, but, but she's, she's self-made, But she's, yeah. like, got all of these kinds of, like, she's like a Trump, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Meghan McCain, um, um, and... Um, like I don't know, anyway, but in all, short, all despite all this, her beginning as a, I don't know, trash TV host and a party, famous a Moscow party girl, that's another, yeah. her claim to fame in early 20s, now she's this kind of ser- pretty, like, taken seriously and some kind of, as if serious pundit that overall, at least 
people in like urban intelligentsia almost they do respect her that's mm-hmm. what we found out it's she's not taken as a joke and she's anyway, seen as an intellectual okay an i'll cut to the chase so yes. the, the the thing with her that just like now i think it went somewhat viral but in russia not abroad no one i think put subtitles on that which probably would be actually a good idea to do she had um this like latest um episode on her youtube show widely popular uh about the protest and uh, where she dressed up and had uh, the full kind of joker makeup and uh, she basically kind of kind of staged almost like a scene from a movie Joker, her standing on the car and yelling. And uh, But her take was that um, the protest and the movie itself, because she somehow saw the movie as a, almost like a precursor. prescient precursor of this protest, right? yes. the movie Joker. And uh, she, she said it's basically dangerous Marxist shit that now hit America for real and uh, this whole I don't know it doesn't seem to be is that a big slogan actually in protest is eat the rich because she focused on that yeah that people like were riding it on cars it doesn't seem to be as huge yeah definitely there was some some car uh, she found where it says eat the rich but basically she was saying and she's saying that uh, back in the day um, America was fighting that and hated Soviet Union for that kind of stance Marxists uh, pro-equality it's the rich kind of thing and now it's happening inside America yeah and that's what you get and that's very dangerous yeah so right? she's basically making the exact same argument that um, Russian state TV was making Channel uh, first yeah, yeah um, um, basically saying that these protests are a sort of an explosion of violent, uh, Marxist. Marxist sort of socialist revolutionary ideology um, that um, is dangerous that is against everything that America stands for that is against everything that Russia today stands for and um, everything that, that she stands everything for. that she stands for and everything that the government that the Russian government stands for um, she was very upset by looting of Louis Vuitton she specifically said uh, like okay <laughs> she is obviously she said I'm against police brutality against black people but why do you need to loot Louis Vuitton how's that she, she how, was, how like how on earth that's any kind of how that's looting, related she was really triggered by the Louis triggered Vuitton, by Louis yeah, Vuitton looting, looting. In, in, in Manhattan yeah yeah and it's interesting and, and her whole thing is basically that <laughs> this like good for nothing poor people do not want to work or do anything um, kind of worthwhile with their life and the easy route exactly like over 100 years ago in Russia because she equates that is to basically rile up against the rich and the productive uh, members of the society uh, because actually very schizophrenic because uh, fighting the poverty is much harder it's easier to rile up against the rich than fighting poverty yeah. Uh, even quoting that, it sounds insane. No, yeah, because her argument, fighting, her, her, her argument basically that poverty is not connected to the uber-rich. Yes. And she is for fighting poverty. I don't know how she but didn't say how. But she's against wealth redistribution, yes. Yeah, and, and, and I'm like, it, how yeah. are you fighting, how are you going to fight no, no, poverty? No, exactly. She said that basically what she, what she means is that like you, it's much harder to become be successful and to like help people be successful and, and actually for the people actually taking charge of their own life. It's, that's hard to do. What it's easy to do is say, right "Yeah, let's get, let's take those rich people out," and and that and that for to her, this what this is what's what's happening, you know, and and that these are again, she she didn't use the word, um, you know, she didn't quote Dostoevsky's, um, and she you know, she didn't, but but the, she was basically making the exact same. Actually, point. I do have to say, uh, Channel One with Dmitry Kisilov and the writers behind that uh, sounded much smarter. Yeah, than and this did. whole piece that was produced for the state propaganda was much smarter than the piece produced by. 
by Russian liberal oppositional forces, blah, blah, blah. That, oh, it, did, it did have a bit more substance. I, I, actually, curious, you know? do you know, okay, because, you know, it's such a, like, was, was the demons, Dostoevsky's demons taught in the, in the Soviet Union? Uh, I think crime and punishment was around. Yeah. Uh, from because my aunt is actually a famous Dostoevsky scholar. From what I understand, for instance, she found out about like major Uber Dostoevsky much later in her like early twenties. So I assume they actually sort of like for the official high school middle school program, it was a bit. Hush, hush. Yeah, some, basically, some he, it wasn't like it. banned, but like it no, wasn't no, he like wasn't taught banned. as part of the official uh, sort of curriculum, most likely in schools. Well, I'm just talking about demons because demons is a very demons is a very particular one because it's like anti anti revolution. Anti revolution. It's anti Bolshevik, really. I mean, because because Bolshevism, in, in on some level, I mean, it's sort of the more it's kind of the more um, tame version of. Of and more organized. And more organized, <laughs> yes, and actually much less, more centralized. Less insane. Less in insane. Some ways. But like, but it's, but it's, you know, it's an echo of that. I mean, in, in essence, that's what toppled, kind of the, yeah. you know, the, the 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 empire, right? And um, and what, but what, what? So I mean, I'm, 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 it's interesting. Like, um, what I what I mean is that they like. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the the Russian state propaganda channels is a lot more smarter because it's like actually using its own culture. Right, I mean, Dostoevsky is basically yeah. like God. You know, I mean, he is like a prophet. You know, he yeah, was he's, a, prophet. he's a prophet, and people, and people, you know, he's highly respected in America, in Russian society. I mean, it's like he is, a, he's like a prophet, almost a religious figure. Right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't. So, okay, I just, so, like, just want to back. It, yeah. I just want to sidetrack because yeah. I don't, I don't want to do misinformation like Russians oh, do, like you Russians tend to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like Russians tend to do. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, in, in high school and middle school, the way I was taught Dostoevsky, what during the 90s, basically in 2000s, yeah, they didn't exist during Soviet times. But his books were not banned. You could you could find them at the library during if you like, of course, getting like a graduate degree gotcha. or you, as an adult, you could find that. Yeah. It's not like totally yeah. inaccessible. But I think. As it, was a kind of, it was limited, and I think as I kind of, it clearly wasn't used in a wide. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because it's a very especially the demons. The, I mean, demons. I mean, it's like it's it's like such an anti-revolutionary, brilliant um, novel. I mean, it's like um, you know, it's just it's it's fucking brutal. You know, it's like it's almost like you're reading that book. I mean, it makes you into a reactionary almost. You know, like it's like it's so it's so effective. It can make you into a reactionary, right? And it is very effective. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it is a fascinating. Especially if you know book. some, like some, if you know people on the left, he oh, so, they are he, like that. He so beautifully captures their like this ins- insane sort of energy, and that it really like, yeah. It, if you have any, if you have any um, tendency towards being a reactionary and against and against any kind of left wing political movement, I mean, it can really grab you, I think. It's, it's pretty dangerous, actually, in that sense, you know, very effective. But so, I mean, what's, what's, so what, I mean, to your point, I think the Russian propaganda using Dostoevsky, you know, sort of as a way of framing these, riot, the, these sort of the protests and the rioting and, 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 and the, the sort of the, res, the American sort of police response to them is actually perfect because it's, it's, it's a lot smarter because mm-hmm. they're using their, you know, a Russian culture as a way of sort of re- to reference to 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 frame th- this politically rather than making it all about like the Joker or something you know which is like uh, um, Ksenia Sapchak's more like sort of kind of a popul- you know populist slash uh, kind of a, you know hip way of of, of, frame- of framing what's actually happening there right. Yeah, and and again, okay. So, and the the thing with the liberals, I think we should keep going, say because Ksenia Sapchak is not like al- alone. 
Yeah, no, no, exactly. One of the other. It's interesting that there are women, one of the most rabid ones, at least like the visible ones, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, I don't know, that's, that's how it is. Uh, there are other famous case, which is like really hilarious, really fun to read, is uh, there is this um, kind of like political, also pundit, and uh, at the same time, she's a sci-fi book writer, uh, Yulia Latinina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's could be somewhat a bit famous abroad, but not 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 it's really, not famous. right? I mean, no, not, I mean, some, not, some fam- pe- not famous, known. No, some, some people, people who might read, uh, who are into Russian politics, pr- might obviously heard, know her, might but like her the name. general public does not know who she no. is. Yeah, and uh, she had a piece, and uh, basically the kind of voice of the uh, Russian liberal opposition newspaper <laughs> called Nova Gazeta, basically new newspaper. Yeah. Um, and and by the way, it's owned by uh, one of the oligarchs, um, uh, Alexander Lebedev. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, basically her take um, <laughs> is uh, pretty much like Xenia's take and Dmitry Kiselyov's Channel One uh, host take is um, this protests are basically exactly the kind of the drunk riots of, uh, no, the, the riots of drunk, uh, what did sailors. you say, sailors uh, of 1917. She's basically that these protests are Bolsheviks, Bolshevik she sailors. She doesn't say, bol- but basically, she who, implies. But who are the, riot, who are the drunk sailors? No, they're, they're kind of, form- they're like, incited by Bolsheviks. Yes. They're, they're just, she doesn't even give them any political, they're yeah. just like drunk but, sailors. Yeah. But, they're, but, they, but then they go, the sailors go on to the side of the... I mean, basically, these are the people who are storming the Winter Palace, mm-hmm. uh, night, right? I mean, basically, th- yeah. These are, these are the, drunken, the, the drunken mob. Dirty uh, uh, mob. Armed, that's basically unleashed on, you know, uh, this sort of... Uh, uh, Burgeoning uh, Russian democracy. Yes. They actually like <laughs> and, saying and, that. And, and, and in the end, like, murdered, murdered you know, the, the, the Tsars and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I mean, she, she like, uh, she's, so she's this really, you know, one of the most well-known um, sort of oppos- Russian opposition pundits. Sort of pundits. Way, she's, yeah. Basically, she's extremely prolific. I mean, she's just, like, churns out you know, op-eds, articles, she has a radio I mean, program, I think, right? Yeah, but I think she actually has, a, what do you call it? Um, graphomania? Well, yeah, graphomania. I mean, she which yeah, a she lot can't of stop yeah. commenting, you know? And writing, like, yeah. And writing, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's like I, she probably writes in her sleep. I mean, I, I, I bet you if you actually, her, like, she, it doesn't even need to go to the brain anymore. I mean, it's like, it only, it, it kind of goes <laughs> to the brain. paper. It goes to the brain stem, I mean, to, to, you know, and just goes right out, you know? It's like, you can probably just cut the, you can, you know, she could probably be brain dead and still write this know. stuff. Anyway, she the, sounds brain dead. No, no, the point is that she's extremely well known. She's respected by Russian liberals. I mean, I have a friend, a Russian liberal friend who lives in St. Petersburg. I mean, he would like fall asleep listening to her radio program. Uh, which is like uh, the most famous Russian, op- so-called Russian opposition uh, radio station. Uh, radio station yeah. is called uh, Echo of Moscow. Yeah. Which is funded by, uh, uh, you know, the R- Russian state gas monopoly gas bomb. very confusing how is that a positional not clear but anyway the point is she's very well known but in in her like totally rabid um sort of uh, article on these protests i mean she came out totally against these protests she's saying that all these claims to racism and structural racism are bullshit this is purely um just people who want to destroy society um these are you know bolsheviks socialists uh, she t- she references antifa um, as like basically an organized, um, you know, uh, armed Marxist uh, uh, f- like formation that seeks to overthrow society. So she's making exactly the same claim. So this is a woman who opposes the Kremlin, supposedly, in everything, completely. She's on the opposite side, supposedly, ideologically. Yet she uh, repeats, you know, the sort of the Russian state propaganda almost word for word. I mean, they are completely in synchronization.
Yeah, and also she's actually very famous uh, for wanting to cancel voting rights and um, for general population and only allow voting rights for like certain property owners. I forgot how much property do you need to own to get the voting right. Maybe not even all apartment owners. In, in, in America, she would be known as like a far-right libertarian. Yeah. Basically, she believes that people, democracy should only be for people who own property. Like mm -hmm, that vote mm -hmm. and property, voting and property are, are like they should be tied and that everyone else should just basically, because otherwise you don't have a stake in society if you don't own private property. Um, and then she is like a hard, 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 um, you know, right-wing libertarian. Um, and actually she ties that in to her screed against the protest because at the very end she tries to say like, why is this happening now? What's, what's going on? And her argument is that actually this is a result of, this is what happens when you have welfare. I mean, she basically makes the same. She's like, she this does. is what happens. She's like, if you look at where the protests are happening, this is all like democratic cities. This are all where like democratic, the democratic party is. And to her, the democratic party is socialist. Or you know has socialist tendencies because it wants to placate the you know sort of the the, the the kind of the populist masses, and they've been giving sort of uh, the masses handouts you know, handouts and um, and you know these liberals they're giving these these you know these these people who don't deserve anything they're giving no them something. but also they're giving them that and dissuading them from achieving anything in life yes right? but also they're like they're inspiring them to demand more and more and more and more and so what her her whole thing is that she's basically endorsing the republican party yeah um, basically saying that like the democrats i mean they are uh, a slippery slope to marxism and so and so and, and, and actually and, serve and, them. Yes, and actually <laughs> and actually what's interesting is that she makes that's an exactly the same point that uh dimitri kisilov makes on channel one because he says that all of these things are actually a, a democratic ploy mm -hmm. to destabilize Donald Trump and the Republican Party. And that this is being basically orchestrated by the Democratic Party and by uh, Joe Biden in part because they are like sort of Marxist. Oh, and, interesting. So, so he wouldn't get reelected? Yeah, they're saying oh, wait, that... Wait, wait, wait. Sapchak is like her outtake, like conclusion from that is the opposite. Ah. That it's actually uh, people will vote... Uh, for not, for no, no, no. Not, not that... Someone, someone might be behind it, but her conclusion is that Trump definitely going to be reelected because people will look at the horror that's yeah. happening in the streets and will just yeah, vote they want, they're going to want a law order, and order, law yeah. and order, law and order. So, so that's like an interesting. So difference. maybe, yeah. Does she make a? Does she? Who? Who is she saying? But who is she saying is responsible for these things? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, so but but Latina is basically saying that like if you give anything to the poor, if you have any social welfare programs, if you have any social any social safety nets, yeah. you're basically um, incentivizing people mm -hmm. to, to be, you know, you're creating Marxism yeah. and this is what Marxism leads to. Basically. And another <laughs> thing, I mean, it all ties, I don't know, it's hard for, we're not really historians, but it all ties to the kind of actually Soviet Union and the sort of actually pretty weak, um, ideology there to some degree that people didn't believe in because she's, another thing she says that stuck with me is that, um, back in the Soviet Union and let, you know, Latinian is what in her fifties now. So she remembers anyway, uh, back in the Soviet Union, um, uh, they were like told that, uh, United States of America is this horrible place that lynches black people and uh, it's very bloody and kind of violent actually um, and uh, that's what Soviet pro propaganda kind of tried to convince 
Soviet citizens. And now she's amazed how the same kind of old Soviet tried thing that she didn't believe in before either, now she hears it from, uh, she says, like American politicians. I guess mm. she means the Democrats. And uh. also like American professors um, in, I don't know what, liberal universities, I guess yeah. she assumes and all that. And so, so basically both her and Subject, they're amazed to, to hear certain talking points that they consider this horrible, horrible, dumb, untrue yeah. uh, Soviet propaganda. Now they hear it inside from like from Americans yeah, inside themselves. America. So basically from they're Americans saying like themselves. Marxism has actually infected America now. Yeah, basically in and short, I, I think it would be fair to say, yeah, as if like Marxist and this like <laughs> that was somewhat defeated in Russia. Finally, they're very happy. Now kind of is a bacilla, like some weird communist, like yes. bacteria, bacilla infected Americans. And and that's what's happening. And that's a problem. And yeah. that's, and that's all, all the kind of, um, I don't know, ill, no, it makes <laughs> Ill sense. societal illness comes yeah, from. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Right? So they're basically saying that like American liberals, because uh, they have like basically, um, you know, the Soviet Union was defeated, but like the, the liberals basically went and like recre are recreating a Soviet Union. Inside. Inside their own country with these social programs and basically by basically demonizing the rich and demonizing people who are productive and they're like they're to blame for these, these, these problems. Essentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what Latinian is saying. Ba did, yeah. Basically, very directly. And Ksenia Sapchak basically makes the same kind of argument, right? When she... Uh, she hates those Hollywood movies. Yeah, she, she says Hollywood is Marxist. Not part, at large, but like people... Part and, of and, you know, Joker won Oscar yes. and people kind of plotting and so, all that. So Hollywood she sees it as very dangerous. So Hollywood is basically creating communist, uh, Marxist, whatever. Propaganda, propaganda that infects people. And then they go and loot Louis Vuitton yeah. that she sees as like one of the biggest sins against humanity. Like, uh, no, it's really hard to unravel. It's hard to unravel, yeah, because it's so because it's yeah because it's Very like confusing. it's coming from all sorts of different sides. But like I mean, one of the takeaways that you get from this, like watching the the government side and then watching the liberal side or the opposition side of yeah. uh, in response to this, is that it's basically like Fox News. I mean, there is almost no difference between Fox News, the, you know, Fox News coverage of the protests and sort of the the Russian side coverage of the uh, of the protest, um, like. Again, both the official government sort of propaganda coverage of the protests and the Russian liberal oppositional coverage of the protests is exactly the same, and it is almost identical to how Fox News covers it. So, like the the world the world view of 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 of, of like sort of Russian political class and Russian media class is um, you know a, a very conservative, a very right wing. Um, point of view. Yeah, and you know, like just as a side note, if someone will try to attack us on this point, is that uh, we have some friends who are real... I don't know, I guess it would be considered almost like marginalized radical lefties inside Russia, yeah. like Moscow or St. Petersburg, and they're obviously not like that. But what's interesting, and we had this argument multiple times with them back in the day, is that they usually um, would, would stand and support this like Russian liberal opposition, mm -hmm. because they would think that in the end, they're kind of fighting together against the evil kind of Kremlin Putin regime, which is bad and all that. But, and I would say, well, I don't think you should stand with them, and even if you this tiny marginalized group like uh, in one university yeah. and if, if you like we're like political groups uh, I don't know and supported by what actually by no one <laughs> no yeah. money you shouldn't stand with them and this exactly confirms my point of view why why yeah. you shouldn't stand with them because they're exactly 
pretty much like the Kremlin people. The difference between the liberal uh, opposition and sort of the Kremlin, uh, you know, uh, people in power in Russia are cultural, are like... No, are, it's, almost it's, non-existent. I mean, there's basically... Some yeah. people speak better English or French, and Kremlin people might be a bit more... Like, like, like they're like, kind of more like, like hicks. A or, bit, but not even that yeah, much. Not all of them. Not all of them, but like, but there is that quality. That, like, the Kremlin is a, lot, is a bit more... I mean, it, it really is the difference between... I mean, it's, it's, like, it's akin to the difference between, let's say, like, I don't know... Uh, like uh, Donald Trump and um, you know uh, Mitt Romney or something or or like or George Bush or something like that like like they believe the, pretty much the exact same things but that but like you know Trump is a bit cruder and like and the things that he does it says like are, are like are you know in, it's not very really palatable to a more sort of respectable kind of conservative or Republican um, um, like uh, you know uh, part of part of part of that world I mean but there's a, on a fundamental level. There's like actually no difference in the values and in their in their world worldview. Yeah. So like when you have you know sort of leftists and Marxists and things like that in Russia backing and supporting and sort of marching in support of like very liberal opposition movements. I mean, yeah, it was like it was shocking. We were there this this past summer. Uh, yeah, that last was, summer. It that was like, exactly what happened. Yeah. And, you know, and like it was there was a big argument broke out. You know, between uh, us actually and, and and a couple of different pe- people from actually sort of, leaders of those Marxist yeah, oppositional yeah, like circles. That, like, yeah, it's like why are you joining them? There, there's no difference between them and the Kremlin. I mean, you're basically supporting extremely right wing, extremely conservative, and giving um, them cre- and giving them credibility from your uh, I yeah, don't know what it, radical. I mean, an extremely libertarian or... worldview, um, and like you're making heroes of basically these libertarians um, and uh, giving them credibility and you know like and yeah we were we, like people don't really want to hear that in Russia because there's really just the there's such a such a lack of political culture and political options you know on the opposition that the only real like viable popular popular movements are, are oppositional liberal are, yeah. are liberal and you know are basically neoliberal. right now I would say neoliberal yeah, liberal <laughs> in the when we say liberal yeah, it's very confusing because a liberal in the Russian sense is actually <laughs> neoliberal in the American sense and liberal in the I think we should use neoliberal and, yeah, and actually neoliberal but, but then like, American liberals would be considered by Russian liberals to be communist <laughs> It's, it's, it's fucking weird. It's uh, really hard to explain. I anyway, yeah, I will actually, try to simplify. It's actually simple. It's simple. I mean, just Russian liberals are Russian liber- are libertarian. Yeah. Or neo like, and, you know, and they think that even the smallest social welfare program, um, that like American liberals, like the Democratic Party, you know, supports. Mm-hmm. There's it's not against you know completely um, social welfare. That th- that is a slippery slope to you know the Soviet Union returning yeah. and enslaving well, I, us all. Look, I have a basically uh, undergraduate degree in economics and um, uh, I, I didn't, I was too young, so I didn't understand it back then. But in Moscow State University, at least the way they taught me, um, there, sure, Marx was mentioned as a historical figure yeah. in Communist Manifesto, blah, blah, blah. But there clearly was this progression of thought that all led to this now finally true... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> reality and um, I don't know what is it like um, the winning kind of ideology of uh, Hayek and Road to Serfdom and in in a way that was the kind of pinnacle of my uh, economic <laughs> that's what education was, and economics. But that's how economics is taught in America. It's like that's neoclassical. It's like neoclassical economics. Deregulation, free market is like the, that's how you run. The, that's how the economy runs. Basically. That was like the modern thought, yes. the kind of the pinnacle of the modern thought for yeah. I don't know. I can say for mid two thousand. Yeah. That's yeah. how I was taught. Or 2010, 2006, anyway, and uh, and that's exactly what those people think there. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, um, the Mar- Russia is like I mean, this is what we talk about also all the time is that like 
I mean, Russia is an, ex- is an extremely deeply colonized culturally, politically, um, like ideologically colonized society. Yeah. And, and, and I think, okay. And to tie it all up, I think colonized why by America and American America. values and ideas and things like that. Yeah. But actually how to tie all these characters up. Cause I don't know why we gave them so much time. Like no, so Chad Latin yeah. and yeah. all this like pro Kremlin, anti Kremlin pundits and all that. I think in, in my view, they're all kind of belong to this one group of, uh, basically ru- Russian colonial colonized monkeys. And I, and I'm not that far away from them. It's just like, I'm fighting the colonial mindset. I don't every day but basically this idea of the Russian colonial mindset is very real and why to explain their like very very kind of staunch anti this protest sentiment the, the way to explain it in this slightly more metaphysical way is with the I, I there's no other term really is with colonialism because uh, the way I kind of I see them being upset is because this kind of like Russian colonial worldview in a way is being eroded and kind of can crumble potentially by what's happening mm-hmm. here. If, if let's say, uh, if this process keep going or there's a real change and the real <laughs> rot that is uh, acknowledged by everyone, um, by the American elites, then it sort of really fucks and kind of like fucks with the Russian mindset because mm-hmm. for them it seems to be essential even still 2020, but it feels essential that they need to believe Russian intelligentsia or Russian conservative elite, whatever you call them, doesn't matter. They need to believe that kind of like Russia or generally anything kind of left wing, what what Soviet Union, I guess, represented, because New Russia is clearly different, is bad, while like Western liberal democracy and America is this like... uh, and consumer, consumerist society, consumer society, material society, where everything is, is good. where everything is basically about um, developing the bi- businesses, sort of alienizing uh, sort of the uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. That model, if that, because they've completely have taken that model. I mean, so I mean, yeah. just to give you an example, like, I mean, or like, I mean, what what you're saying, right, is that like, I mean, Russian society. In America, people think that there's some kind of war between America and Russia. There's no war. I mean, there's a war on on the ground for basically geopolitical kind of influence, and Russia kind of is wants to have Russian elites and, and the Russian government wants to have its own kind of space and where it's sort of like taken as a partner in sort of the a global kind of geopolitical. geopolitics, and that even if it's like a, obviously a slightly junior partner because it's it doesn't it's not as powerful. Uh, as as America is not even as powerful as China is. Yeah. Um, that it actually, but it's taken like seriously. It's consulted, and even if it plays a junior role, that like that's basically what they want. And and America wouldn't give it to them. I mean, America wouldn't even give that much to 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 Russia because it's a vanquished, you know, country. It's a vanquished culture. So America wouldn't even give that to them. And so there's an, a, basically a, a kind of a geopolitical conflict. You know, that's, you know, there's proxy wars between America and Russia, you know, on, on Russia's borders, whether it's in Georgia or in Ukraine, you know, in Syria, there's problems like in, even in Iran. I mean, all these sort of in Venezuela, all these sort of like traditional sort of like, um, you know, satellite country or like partners of, of the Soviet Union, these kind of, you know, these sort of this, this conflict flares up. But on a more fundamental level, so that's just sort of like the physical, like fight for resources and fight for kind of like, you know, like almost like a mafia style, kind of like who gets to yeah, control. True. So it's like, it's kind of like in The Godfather, you know, like, 
you want you have your own little neighborhood that you control and you're sort of respected that's your turf you, you do your thing there and we'll we'll call you to consult you but you know we can be a little that's more that's true and you you know you potentially fight some other mafia group not because you ideologically disagree no. you just don't want to give them no, it's your, your piece of, that's that's your turf yeah it's your turf that's right your family controls it yeah and so and so that's kind of what it is it's like that yeah but but i mean that, and but like but the ideology that Russia has is purely American. I mean, with a bit of like Russian peculiarities, cultural kind of modifications, but like on a whole, it's this belief in a very neoliberal uh, kind of society that's based and driven by consumerism, that's driven by sort of the business sector, that's driven where, where like a consumer's you know, culture and uh, is like lionized and that is the ultimate sort of goal and a goal for everyone and almost like it, it feels like consumerism is almost stronger there because it's newer and it's not as um, kind of developed and so consumerism is really a, what everyone wants and like uh, just dreams about and, and being an uh, entrepreneur is like the highest level of uh, spiritual uh, development spir yeah spiritual development basically the highest level of spiritual uh, uh, development let's say of urban even young people whatever young let's say to, in their late 20s their 30s it feels like leaving your office corporate job that was well paid and whatever you work let's say for instance young I don't know I just know people like that and starting your own business that that kind of like shown and like reflected on as a, yeah as really a spiritual growth yes and that's the pinnacle of spiritual growth if you're a business owner and I'm talking about like small business yeah. owner I don't even know what's happening on the like large no, no, I mean scale, like the, right? the culture is th th thoroughly I mean it's I don't know how else but it's it's a libertarian I mean yeah. the business the business person is is like the act is it's like Rand, it's Ayn Rand, Rand world. there it's actually Rand oh, world, yeah. back back to Ksenia Sobchak the kind of obvious figure she quotes frequently Ayn Rand um, and Atlas Shrugged is one of her most favorite book and she I think wants I don't think she has that power yet she wants it to be taught in um, school program yeah. I think she like definitely mentioned it a number of times yeah. and there are definitely a lot of people who would cheer cheer for that Ayn Rand horrible Ayn Rand is very shitty popular writer Ayn Rand is just a, one of the examples, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people are into Ayn, Ayn but Rand. But that's actually interesting, right, it's about just, Ayn Rand. She, yeah, she, Russia is a libertarian world. I mean, uh, m most of my friends in St. Petersburg um, are, you know, like entrepreneurs, you know, they are starting and their own businesses all the time. And like, and when you like, and the main thing is to sort of like uh, create a comfortable like standard of living for themselves to do like a nice, um, you know, like European style kitchen with all the greatest gadgets to like go do tourism, um, to like have like to, to eat at cool restaurants. Um, to um, sort of experience the world as a consumer at like the at the highest levels of consumption that you can possibly achieve, and that is the ultimate goal of, of life. life. Of and, life. Th and then if you actually even like try to talk to them about like, well, what if that's like you know in in a, in, in the West? I mean, there's like actually kind of a. a, 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 a there's a, a movement sort of against, against that it. because it's it's not like it, it doesn't it's not small movement, but it exists. It exists, but it's not like it's not. It, like it's not enough like it's you know consumerism is like hollow if you, you get everything you want but like it's not it's not good enough and we're like destroying the world and we're destroying ourselves and all this stuff and like like it's like it's like the you know the room just like sort of the air sort of like stops and there's yeah. no discussion anymore because they, they don't even know what you're talking about yeah i noticed it's not that they're opposing that or start arguing or calling you marxist or whatever no not even that just gets quiet and the, this conversation is basically impossible to have because I think, I'm not trying to demean them, but I think they don't really understand what we're talking about. Yeah, because it's like, what do you mean? Like, what else is there? 
What do you mean? Do you want to? There's no other. So I guess, do you mean you want to live in a shitty apartment with old furniture and eat like potatoes with the sour cream? I don't like. No, no, they don't understand. What do you mean? Are other values in what? What? is there to live for like there yeah. isn't yeah. anyway but anyway, we're but okay i'm trying to tie it up before i all <laughs> before i forget so the most insane thing that it's i think it's not easy to comprehend let's say for american lefties uh basically america is a real uh bastion of of hope for even like progressive russia yeah the american values the kind of like american style consumer society I'm not talking about, again, only for the Kremlin and the oligarchy, even for, yeah, basically this kind of like new, educated, urban, so-called progressive, pro-gay, pro-even trans, you know, like all we consider... Yes. Progra- yes, yeah. word. I don't like this word, but I don't know what else I mean, to I don't use. know what else Progressive class. It is still like a, a bastion of hope, that yes. this type of consumer society. And... Um, so in that, that's and then it. America, and then America basically um, can do no wrong. Like, I mean, I've had like... You know, you know, people right to, to tell me that like, oh yeah, like, you know, my book Surveillance Valley is kind of is kind of interesting, but they just couldn't read it because I used the term American imperialism there, and like the idea that America is an imperial power to them sounds but that like, was my uncle. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think he's alone because I mean, people get upset when you say that America is an empire, because America to the, like that to them it's like America it can't be an empire because an empire is something bad. Like the Soviet Union. Like the Soviet Union or whatever. But so America is like, America and everything it stands for is, is, is like a, is, yeah, it's got problems, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, um, and it's maybe like, you know, power hungry and whatever, but like, but it's like, but, but it's values, you know, wherever, whatever sphere you look into, like whether it's sort of a consumer culture with health foods <laughs> yeah. or, or it's good, or it's sort of Silicon Valley and all the kind of the gadgets that it makes or Hollywood and all the kind of the films that it pr- pumps out or, you know, like, you know, the cars that it makes or, you know, all the gadgets that, that come out of, you know, Western society. These are all things that are great. I mean, sure, there might be some problems, but like you can't really criticize America. And so and that's not just the sort of the opposition, the progressives, like you say, but but also the Kremlin, even though the Kremlin is fighting for power on like a kind of a geopolitical you know, um, level with America and America is an empire. And it gives nobody any power unless, unless like it, it's really forced to, you know. Um, and so, I mean, and so, like, so, I think, um, yeah, and like, and that's you know, like, like so, so-called Russian intelligentsia, intellectuals, like professors, academics. Yeah, they, they actually are tri- <laughs> triggered basically by the uh, frequently by the word American imperialism. And, and so, yeah, and they and they get like so when they see you know um, sort of poor uh, black people sort of rioting in America and saying that America is racist and it's got this, you know, racist, uh, long history of racism, of course, you know, and, and, and a kind of a history of, of slavery that basically has not really been um, sort of uh, uh, excised or, or sort of, you know, like uh, removed from the system that, that these inequalities like persist on, on multiple levels and that they affect people's lives today. And that, like, you know, America is a deeply unfair society, a deeply polarized society, a deeply racist society. Like, to Russians in Russia, but also Russian immigrants here, like, it doesn't matter if they're pro the Kremlin or pro opposition, they are triggered. They are triggered into a, into a rage almost. I mean, they, they lose their fucking shit. And, and whether it is like on the state propaganda channel or it's on these oppositional media outlets 
or in just Facebook comment sections. Oh, that go, they go because crazy like, there, yeah. Well, the other thing that we want to get to, I think the last segment of this, is like to talk about the sort of the, the insane, insane fights raging on like Facebook and yeah. Russian social media about these protests. We translated them, I'm going to read them. But before, I think before we transition there, I think it's yeah. time, is that, okay, we've been talking about Russian media and Russians uh, sitting and fomenting inside Russia. Yeah. But what we find out by just like reading and looking and just having also kind of personally knowing people like that, Lots. they're very much, this, this type of Russians inside Russia, uh, which is majority of Russians, are very much uh, the same and have the same mentality as uh, infamous Russian immigrants uh, in America. Yeah. That's the same mentality. That's a bit surprising to fully process that Russian immigrants um, in America uh, in a way have the mentality, uh, the same mentality as Russians who stayed behind, never yeah. left, yeah, being probably Russian, always lived in Soviet Union or New Russia, and they agree on most things. To, to add to what you're saying, actually, is that, like, okay, so there's, okay, so there's multiple level, types of immigrations out of Russia, right, in, in the Soviet Union. So, I mean, basically, so like the first wave of immigration is the, with the, after the Bolshevik Revolution, a bunch of, you know, basically like white Russians and they sort of like fled, aristocratic right? Russians. Aristocratic, they fled like Nabokov, for instance, uh, Vladimir Nabokov. Then the second wave was after World War II. It's a lot of the Nazi collaborators and people who were sort of basically worked with the, with the Nazi Germany and didn't want to return to, to, to the Soviet Union because they'd get, you know, put in a gulag or executed. The third wave is sort of the Jewish intelligentsia uh, not just, uh, the Jewish sort of you know, not the Jewish you know Jewish people who like left were you know in the 70s and 80s and uh, and, and, and that's the biggest actually the most visible obviously because they're the ones alive now uh, you mean the, 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 the third wave we're actually the, talking the, about there's also the fourth wave which is which is Russians who came to America for various reasons to work or whatever after the collapse of the Soviet Union so they're not like they're they're not they're more like they came here out of their own choice and they could come back to Russia and the dual they, citizens and they're dual citizens frequently, frequently. Yeah. so so like so the third wave, the fourth wave of Im uh, immigration, that you know, the Russian same immigration, mentality, pretty much. same mentality, and it's exactly the same mentality as the Russians that stayed behind, you know, and the, and the same mentality as the Kremlin uh, Russians in Russia, yeah. uh, the opposition Russian in Russia. So there's like uh, the Russian. There's a lot world, of unity. There's a lot of unity. The actually. Russian world, uh, Ruski Mir, <laughs> is unified in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, position. Cross Atlantic. Yes, like transatlantic trans Russian, uh, you know, uh, world is unified. In like, they might fight with each other when they actually see each other, potentially, because you know, on, on might, minor points. Some of them might support Putin. Other people might not support. Some people Putin. are very homophobic. Some are very pro yes. uh, gay rights. Yes. That's a, that's a big contentious so, yeah, exactly. thing. Yes, there's some a bit more progressive, um, you know. But like they are unified in completely losing their fucking minds over these protests. I mean, they're like, they've turned into the most, re like, and like, and like, and the, but also amazingly, like going on Facebook and just publicly showing how fucking insanely racist, pro-cop, pro-police state, totally clueless about the, like, you know, American history and like the history of American slavery and, and systemic racism and just like how, like, all these in, in, inequality and discrimination is like built into the system on mm -hmm. like a, on, on like a, on, on almost like a level of, of you know, of, a D, of the DNA almost of the society. Well, that's how it was yeah. created, the wealth of yeah. the society and, was and, and like a complete denial and, and, and completely unable 
to have like you know to talk but also almost like kind of scary level of sociopath (laughs) sociopathic um tendencies and lack of empathy towards let's say um dead injured protesters yes by the uh, even when they watch the videos anyway we'll get to that that's very scary they are like (laughs) They want the cops to just beat down, and they—I mean, basically, like me—they might not say it, but collectively, they wouldn't mind if they just fucking fired on the protesters, basically. Yeah, and, and okay, and and, and, there's and rounded this, up a yeah, and I and I want to like emphasize there's this unity in this kind of take, more or less, both uh, by the majority majority of our media visi- visibly, um, Russians visible in Russian media inside Russia and Russian immigrants here. Yeah. And that's most surprising. And the ones who are seemingly, again, um, and are liberal or progressive, let's say, and live in New York, yeah. and um, they're the, the so-called, Yasha said, fourth wave, kind of like they might have moved five, ten years ago. They're ones of the most rabid ones yeah. <laughs> you can see. And they kind of look... It, it's it's it is the most bizarre thing. They're they're basically like almost like cuckoo's clan yeah. types, right? Well, no, but they're not because like, like uh, they wouldn't be actively like they wouldn't be for lynching, you know, black people. But they're like they they would be like, well, you know, if he got lynched, he must have done something wrong, you know. Definitely, definitely. You know, it's like that that that's the kind of thing. So they wouldn't be putting on the hoods, I think. But they would be like. Well, I mean, you know, uh, you know, you know, communities must protect themselves yeah. from this crime, you know. Yeah, so and actually, like, uh, okay, the, there's the, like, the weird thing. I don't know. It might be a bit contentious, but I, I, I really think so by being Russian myself and immigrant myself and all those things and having our kind of colonial or being subjected to basically this kind of weird colonialism and growing up with a colonial mindset in Moscow. I do have to say, there's like this weird thing um, among Russians and probably Russian immigrants can espouse these ideas too, that um, there's this denial, full denial of revolution in mm. Russia that, that, that it, I think it's all related and creates mm-hmm. this mindset because there's a complete denial of revolution um, as a kind of historical occurrence that changed the world to large degree both um, in Russia and actually abroad for a lot of people intellectually. Because of that, um, it seems like um, ah, basically yes. these Russians, who are majority of them, including us, are either their ancestors, our ancestors, either, okay, could be Jews uh, or Russian peasants yeah. or you name it. Okay, some might have obviously some aristocratic roots. Yeah. Uh, very few because those people usually were explained. But okay, majority basically of Russians in Russia are descendants of uh, more or less serfs. Or, peasants. Okay, or, or could be Jews who no, not I mean, serfs. The Doesn't Jews matter. Are, Jews are extreme minority of the extreme population. Extreme minority. I just, in media they're visible, but it doesn't matter. Basically, <laughs> I, Russians are descendants of serfs, and uh, the most radical thing that happened in Soviet Union, that the serfs and their descendants did become the most powerful, like, they, they did are the revolution. the power. Yes, yes, not, yes. not only them, they're Yes, they participate in the revolution, but also like they're the one holding they the power. They did the revolution. Yeah. They're the one holding the power since basically old guard was killed in the late thirties. Yes. Well, I'm talking not also about like the population. Under Stalin, basically the the elite of the Soviet Union became, for them, by and large, by and large serfs came basically. from the serf class. It was just you know, two generations ago. And serfs. and Stalin and basically killed off uh, what's I don't know in Russian is known as old, old guard, kind of old um, the old Bolsheviks, yeah, old Bolsheviks that were. Free I do have to say, more frequently, 
not necessarily surf surf related, but it actually doesn't matter. Uh, basically, for the last many years in power are the descendants of serfs, and fascinating part about them that somehow they glorify and you, and and this Kremlin Kremlin does it as well. They glorify and kind of see themselves almost as some kind of I guess spiritual descendants and followers of almost the Romanovs. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that if you're in Russia, you see the symbols everywhere. They're kind of very pro-Romanovs and uh, this kind of like weird mixed. <laughs> of Russian aristocracy and uh, while in reality they have nothing to do with it and if those people let's say did survive and that if we did live in the old world in the old world order yeah. like the, the serfs they, they wouldn't be looked at as people there would be the serfs to rape and just to work the land so it's actually extremely um, schizophrenic and I think people some people are now catching up to that when they th yeah. think about the things like I'm not fully alone I think we're not fully alone no, this. Of course not. but it is a tiny minority who start thinking about how the hell is it even possible to think that if like we're descendants uh, collectively of serfs who are for some reason glorify the Romanovs yeah. and deny d basically deny not de just deny criticize the, deny that there is the validity the, 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 of deny that there is an actually could be a class of people that have valid political uh, grievances and are and are actually you know uh, like have no power and are exploited and are kept down by a ruling class. I mean, this is... This is so crazy. This is, like, there's a negation of this completely in both, like, in pretty much all Russian circles, whether immigrant, um, you know, Russian, you know, in Russia... Russian conservative, Russian, Russian, Russian liberal. liberal. You cannot, like, admit that there's actually, um, like, that there is actually power differentials between groups. There's, yeah. there's legitimate Greek political grievances that yeah, people have. Yeah, and that's have. the yes. craziest part. Yeah. And so this descendants of serfs, yeah. let's say, it doesn't matter living now in Moscow, in New York, and whatever, immigrants or non-immigrants <laughs> in San Francisco, descendants of serfs deny any kind of validity to, let's say, black people's grievances. Yes. I mean, insane. <laughs> black yeah. people's grievances who are also serfs and uh, you like uh, align themselves with with I don't know with yeah. who with hereditary what yeah with like hereditary, <laughs> hereditary yeah. landowners I'm yeah. just even thinking who are they, they aligning themselves? themselves align themselves with like the southern plant plantation owning class basically yeah they, yeah southern plantation owning class and uh, and serf owners if we're in Russia and that's why there's this big again like thing now when um, Gone with the Wind was taken down from uh, HBO Max which is whatever its own ridiculous thing but. Um, People in Russia are very, very upset because um, so Gone with the Wind is a book uh, became actually um, it seems to be almost more widely read during perestroika in the 90s and this kind of liberals, the, the liberals, yeah, and it, it was widely somehow known kind of later and more yes, popular of later. Yes, it was not, yeah, yeah, that's obviously and. Somehow the Russians, again, while reading it or watching the movie, align themselves with, again, serve owning yes. uh, white bells, uh, yeah, no, land crazy. owning Confeder class. They're like, they're Confeder they're they're Confederates. I mean, they're basically, yeah, they're, the Russian liberals dream, dreamed because they were like, I mean, it's actually perfect because Russian liberals were sort of, were like kept, you know, they were never really allowed to rule the country. I mean, they were, you know, like sort of the, this kind of communist sort of party, you know, like, uh, like basically Hicks, you know, kind of ruled, you know, the Soviet Union and yeah. sort of the Russian like, liberal intelligentsia was like kept under them essentially, you know. So they dreamed of a time when they would no longer be sort of repressed by these communists and this sort of socialist system when they would be allowed to, their, their talents, their abilities would be able to flourish and they would basically recreate themselves as like land owning, you know, plantation owners. And some of them, I do have Did. to say, very few, minority, obviously, as you know, mm -hmm. oligarch 
Marriage has is <laughs> not like the the number of rich people is not that high, but yeah. basically some of them did recreate themselves in this image, and it's sort of this type of kind of take somewhat makes sense for them. But then the insane part is even those who couldn't recreate themselves in this image and still remained, I guess, somewhat poor and don't clearly don't necessarily are not landowners or serf owners or even servant uh, kind of empl- employers. Not even that they still espouse this, and this is the insane part. And that's how. No, but uh, you know, I, I kind of want to. I actually want to like. I think you made a very good point, and I think I want to re. I mean, you know, uh, re uh, underline that because I think it's like, I don't know. I just I just feel like it's important. I mean. Because look, there was a there was a there was a revolution in in in, in the Russian Empire, um, yeah, you know, and there was essentially like a counter revolution in the in the late '80s and early '90s in, in Russia that negated completely the the the, the revolution that, that the any Bolshevik validity, revolution basically. and any validity in like the, the not just the Bolshevik taking power, but generally the revolution that preceded it and you know the the, the kind of the upheavals um, that that take, take, took place in the Russian Empire that you know paved the way for the Bolsheviks to seize power. Oh, yeah, people hated, I do have to say, not just the um, revolutionaries themselves, who they were just horrible broods, blah, 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 but even the, any kind of thought that led to that. Yes. Like Gertsen, famously, like any famous writer, like, yes. Marxist, yeah, Marx, they hated yeah, yes. any thinkers who were, as they say, to blame so, yeah. for the... Gertsen, Chernyshevsky. Mm-hmm, Gertsen, who were to blame for the, basically, the kind of the intellectual mm-hmm. backbone. But what's interesting, so in, yeah. in the 90s, like, the 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 the, 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 the need to sort of discredit the Soviet Union and for the sort of new elite to emerge, right? They needed to basically uh, deny that it had any, um, that it actually had any validity, that the demands, sort of the revolutionary demands for the redistribution of power, for redistribution of land, for the redistribution of sort of resources, you know, in the Russian Empire, you know, um, that led to the revolution, to the Bolshevik revolution, had any, rel- had any legitimacy whatsoever. I mean, and so yeah, like, that was fully denied. And so basically, right now, like when you actually see, um, like, sort of the way that the Russian revolution is portrayed, it's like seen as like a senseless bloodletting, like an, almost like a fever dream. Remember like, that that uh, little yeah, film in Saint Petersburg. Yeah, so we were in Saint Petersburg um, a few years ago for the 350 anniversary of of the founding of the city, and you know there was a sort of government-sponsored sort of exhibit, a light show. Um, sort of commemorating the history of the city that went from the founding of the city by Peter the Great to, um, you know, to, through like World War II and through sort of uh, perestroika and to the, you know, the founding of the Russian Federation. And the way that they dealt with um, the Russian Revolution, you know, the Bolshevik Revolution that took place in St. Leningrad or St. Petersburg, then Lenin, renamed Leningrad, they, they visually it was sort of like a light show projected onto the... Uh, Kind of the the building of the of the mayor in, in in the city was that just it was like a pool of sloshing blood, like that was how they they depicted the Russian Revolution. You know, um, that was it's just bloodletting. It's just it's just murder. It was just rad kind of flowing murder, down. Murder, yeah. senseless murder. And yeah. so and so the, the sort of the ruling class of Russia, in, the conservative sort of Kremlin like wing of that class, and sort of the liberal oppositional clan of that. Uh, Part of that uh, clan of of the Russian ruling class, they both deny the validity. Like uh, essentially, they're against any kind of economic justice. They're against any kind of um, uh, notion that um, that that like that you know left wing ideas have any legitimacy. 
right? There's against it to such degree that when I kind of moved in America and like you know, we lived in New York, it, it just feels somehow more radical here than Russia ever felt for me. Yeah. So because it's how reactionary yeah. that place you is. You can't even talk about it. Yeah, you can't even talk about it pretty much with anyone outside of a very, very, very tiny circle of like so-called you can, Marxists. You can feel like, uh, you know, a, one kitchen table with like the, all the people that you can talk to about this stuff. I mean, basically like a well, big kitchen. Well, two, two kitchen. <laughs> two, kitchen, two kitchen tables. Big kitchen table. <laughs> like, yeah, there's like, you know, a handful of Russian socialists. Um, yeah, and that connects to them espousing this kind of like American Western style kind of liberalism that only um, accepts uh, as valid, the the only equality accepts as valid is equality of opportunity. They always yes. talk about it actually a lot, which nothing else you can compete in a, in a marketplace of, of creativity of, yeah. of like sort of like talent um, but like that is how you get to the top that is how you structure society through individual competition in essentially a labor a labor market um, and and that's the only uh, legitimate thing and, and if you're protesting against something that means that you're a, a, like a failure a loser a moocher um, that you are uh, and that you're trying to get something Illegitimately, if you're saying that we need to do something politically, or we need you, you need to unite someone, you're legitimate. Yeah. and and also like which is in America also done too. If you if you any kind of like um, try to create any kind of organization or a leader of anything that like that says that people need. Uh, to unite to do something yes. by default you're an opportunistic pig yes. who instead demagogue, of becoming successful yeah. demagogue instead of like competing in the marketplace of ideas and labor market whatever the hell you talentless asshole who tries to just like uh, whip up people uh, into for you into a mob that, that allows mob you to take power yeah. allows you to take power and that's it and then and then and then and then scam these people and rob them basically you know? yeah. and and this narrative is so strong that I think even the poorest people usually believe it yeah. that's an interesting part because that that basically that politician cannot be honest I mean and that, but basically it's like a, it's it's extremely anti-political I mean it's it's kind of interesting it's in the sense of like I mean it's very libertarian you know I don't know I came into contact across this for instance like you know when you when I was writing my books surveillance valley and looked at sort of the cyber libertarian world and of the people who wanted to use technology to solve sort of political problems I mean they saw you know politics any kind of political activity as inherently corrupt inherently flawed and inherently uh, has no has no um, you know it, it's it's um, bankrupt from the beginning and so inefficient inefficient I mean and 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 so I think you know in the same way that you, the reaction that you're getting from Russians across the spectrum to these protests they see people making political demands they say see people getting into mobs and saying that you know and 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 saying that look we've we, we have no other you know um, outlet we've like tried you know being peaceful we tried to do this we've been doing this for decades you know for for so so long in America and, and very very little has changed you know and so we have no other choice but to basically protest and then, you know, protests that break into riots that like that, that, that then lead to looting and that lead to, you know, kind of mayhem um, that like that. What do you expect when you give when you don't give people a political sort of outlet um, uh, for, for anything? And, and so, you know, Russians across the board, they see that as that that argument is completely illegitimate. Yeah. As, as like it is like it's a lie, essentially, that they're using that to cover for some kind of like you said, opportunistic um um like power action, hungry power hungry like and so they have depending on like where their particular thing it's like they look at it differently so like the state propaganda channel says it's actually it's this is actually uh, an engineered um protest 
that's um, basically being engineered by the Democratic Party as a way to un unseat Donald Trump. And, and, and they kind of learned this in Ukraine and the Maidan to, to kind of engineer and to basically, um, you know, not use, you know, you know to, to, to like sort of push politics in the direction they want to if, without having to use like elections. Um, um, you know, someone like Latina from the more like the rabid, rabid liberal uh, perspective, she says it's actually, um, you know, part of this sort of like trend by Marxist academic Marxists who are taking control of society and like they're using these people to kind of like to 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 install their own sort of Marxist, you know, um, society, install their own Marxist views and doctrines on, on American society. And, but like but ultimately on a, on a very, very basic level, they don't see like economic and political agreements as, as a legitimate like thing it's pretty it's kind of you know it's it's, that, it's, it's super it's, interesting and i think the the uh, kind of what we kind of got into the weeds of it but i think it's important because yeah. it's really hard to comprehend otherwise yeah. and the fact that we were in russia for the again for the centennial of the revolution and um, oh, yes. I think it's very important that there was no acknowledgement, neither from the Kremlin, kind of Putin, whatever policy of that event outside of some yeah. like very minor kind of almost like... Um, they didn't for, celebrate it at all, they right? No, they didn't celebrate it at all. There yeah. was some, some minor, I guess, I don't know, news kind of like acknowledgement of that, which is truly interesting. Yes. And uh, and obviously the liberal, the liberals kind of hate that too and completely disregard. And I do have to say it's kind of interesting. The only thing that... Um, uh, they did to sort of, I guess, it's almost like it's not celebratory. It was like um, kind of sardonic and ironic thing they, they did. It was rather popular on um, in the Russian uh, media platforms. They created, um, which, which shows you what what's their take on revolution in general, um, either completely disregard or kind of mocking. They created this sort of like um, revolutionary uh, Facebook type of platform where uh, I think it was actually funded by Kremlin. Yes, it was, it was a government project. Yeah. Government project. Sounded by Kremlin. Um, it's no, called. Or curated by one of the liberal journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Zagad. Um, Zagad, who yeah. actually supposedly criminal, uh, criminal <laughs> Kremlin uh, critic. Yeah, he's, he's a, supposedly he's like, Kremlin he's, critic. He was, wasn't he like a, the editor of Doge, which was like the he opposition? He wrote this book, Smatru. Jesus, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's, he's, it's called he wrote uh, -Kremlin uh, All the Kremlins, something or other. You know, he, you can't, we can't care enough. The, but in short, okay, funded, super crazy. Liberal, like, blah, 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 liberal. <laughs> Funded in a way by Kremlin, run by liberal anti-Kremlin journalists, already sounds insane. Uh, social media platform called something like Russian 1917 yeah. that uh, yeah. pulled these quotes from different Russian revolutionary characters and people around that those yeah. circles back in the time and um, almost like made them as if talk to each other uh, through their real um, kind of letters, little letters yeah. and little quotes. And it, felt almost like what if Facebook existed in 1917 yeah. and they almost did it day by day so it was active for almost an e a year or a bit less and that was kind of almost the only celebratory vi visible thing that existed in Russian I don't know what media but it, but it was but it was criticized right by some people because they said that it actually though the kind of it, on the one hand it was cool because they basically you know they, it was a, it was a cool it was a cool project on one level it was a cool project because what they basically did is they said, what if like Facebook existed in 1917, 1917 yeah and so because you know the, these revolutionaries are always fighting with each other they have all these flame wars there's like all these weird battles you know like over minute details that seem to us very like not even that important and actually there you can see that they're a bit like the demons but basically there's like basically it's like Twitter fights 
but like in actual in in the in the words and letters and and sort of actual like beefs that they had in 1917 between so all the they used group. real material yeah, and created Twitter project. fights. It was pretty cool. But what was one of the criticism, and I kind of agree with it, is that like it it what it did is it kind of it like it sort of took it down from like it, it made it like not very serious because it it showed yeah. that it showed them to be kind of like like frivolous kind of useless just like imagine like but also very bohemian widely traveling rabbit kind of like um, potentially free loving they're like um, they're like digital nomads or something that are like having twitter beefs all the time with each other you know that seemed kind of inconsequential while sitting in Zurich well yeah well inconsequential and so that was the only thing that they did but like I mean, the main thing is that like there was no, there was an attempt to completely um, deny that the revolution fucking happened. I mean, there was no state like acknowledgement Nothing. of probably, I mean, the biggest event in world history of the it last, the I don't know, century. I mean, of, modern, of the modern <laughs> era, world, you know, and it happened in Russia. It happened in, you know, it, it happened. It's like, you know, you hate it or love it. Like, it's like, it's like. In, in the birth town of Putin, I don't know. They like completely yeah, and disregarded. Like, and then all the people that are in power now are they're on, they're only in power because it was it was essentially a, a serf revolution. It was a people's revolution. Like Peasant uprising. The people yeah. who are in power in Russia today, uh, by and large, come from the most downtrodden from the serf class, which is you know the slave class. The they sl- people bound to the land you know l- legally well they were not bound since 1861 i have to say well but they weren't bound but they were like but they when, when they when they when they when they emancipated the serfs i mean there was a, there was a lot of problems bound, yeah. no because what happened was they were free in theory but they were had to basically they put them with like mortgages so they had to pay off they're like oh you know you you, you have to pay off this crazy debt yeah which was very which, hard which they couldn't so they it, it, like they became legally bound to the land through a loan that they could never pay off so it's like it took and you know it took a long time to like, and these are the people who basically, you know, were became to power after the revolution. Uh, and so, and these are the people like, like, like uh, Putin and like most of his clan from, from Leningrad and oligarchs. I mean, they are from the serf class, from the lowest class, you know. Uh, and so it's pretty interesting that they are the ones who are in total denial of the event that allowed you know, them to people be like now. them to be in power, to actually like have positions of power. Because if there wasn't any revolution, it would be something like, you know, like it would be like England or something where you'd still have an extremely privileged um, political class. Completely can, separate from the people. Yes. And the people would never be able to join them unless, You'd have you like know, Boris Johnson basically, or like, or like, you know, or at least people, you know, that, yeah, like you'd have... Um, you'd have uh, a political and you know uh, an economic class that is still very much tied to their old you know aristocracy. For like centuries the- back, it yes. would be like people in power would, would be able to trace their lineage to like 1500s or 1200s. Like who would have been a cab driver right now? You know, an U- yeah. it would an Uber driver. I mean, this is a, that's this actually is pretty funny. Interesting. Putin would have been an Uber driver. Well, but yeah. isn't it like I don't know? I forgive me if it's like a, um, a gossip, but I think wasn't Putin's grandfather uh, the uh, Stalin's cook? cook? Yeah, I think it was not a gossip. I think it's a well, no. I mean, thing. it's what Stephen Co- Stephen writes about it in his in his okay. biography of Stalin. Of Stalin, yeah. yeah. Who who was he before he was uh, just Stalin's a peasant, cook? probably? Yeah. yeah. And who were his who are you know who were his great grandparents? You know, like. Um, I don't want to speculate too much, but again, this thing oh, I, in books about Stalin by Kotkin—that's why I kind of like amazing. Give you all the details that no Russian historian ever actually does. But one of the most fascinating things that it's true that um, these peasants that in the end um, 
kind of took all the power throughout the 30s and they still basically hold it in a way because it's a continuation. Um, they are kind of, they could be frequently not necessarily, they might have not really believed in any socialism before. Yeah. They, weren't, they didn't probably read any Marx. They were not necessarily any particular kind of revolutionary uh, characters at all. They were power hungry, uh, could have easily been, especially the, you know, this new guard in the 30s, kind of some But it doesn't matter. They would never have had, been able to rise to the level of power if, the, so, if, the, if, 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 um, oh, if there was no Bolshevik revolution. You know, I mean, like the whole thing, both the Bolshevik revolution I mean, it's it's like it's you know there's not a lot of cases of revolutions like this where you wipe out the ruling class completely. I mean, completely. There's like it's like it's wiped out. That's Com- non-existent. I mean, yeah. they're all their property. They couldn't even take no, the property with them. What yeah. one argument I'm trying to make, which yeah. is, uh, I, I mean, I don't care how it sounds, but I, I, I it's partially true. Clearly, if you read a lot about Stalin, that. Uh, again, highly recommend the books by Kotkin. Is that yeah? They didn't really believe, and they were this like in a way uh, had frequently this very petty bourgeois mindset. And the the truth of that that those people who were in power in the 30s, 40s, 50s, blah blah, they actually in the end, what happened in the 80s, they wanted that to happen. Of course, they didn't want to have. Uh, even though I know it, it never was a communist society, but some version of socialism of some kind did exist. But, they didn't yeah. like that. They didn't want it. So in a way, the same people or you, you, you can kind of say that at large I don't course, think I'm I that I, I wrong I, I I'm not you. like that I think I agree no I, I agree so with you I just they didn't that. want it in 40s they and they kind of stopped it in late 80s well you know? I mean you think in the 40s they didn't I mean they were you think that people didn't want I mean they just they were we constantly pe- talk about how petty bourgeois they only wanted yeah, as but a, there new, was no, but, a new like new furniture and uh, right property the, I don't know but in the 40s there, there wasn't completely bankrupt this idea yet I mean I mean they obviously people joined the communist party and the Komsomol and the Communist Party because it was it was like getting a, a Harvard MBA or like trying to get into an Ivy League yeah. school. You, okay, it's your it's yeah. your it's your it's your way to the top. So of course they don't believe it, but the, I I don't think these are mutually. I mean I totally agree with what you're saying in the sense that like it's just interesting the, continuum. That's the, all. Um, I mean I right like which I like which is like you know the communist sort of elite or the Bolshevik elite um, you know the Soviet Union no. were. You know, be, you know, believed in the system on some level because that's the system that existed. That's the <laughs> and system that's the they, system that that the only system they knew and benefited them. Yeah, and they, and so and of course that they I don't know how much did they believe in you know in in sort of Marxism Leninism other than like if you believe it you know you go to the better. top. Yeah, yeah, and like if you go if you join the Komsomol and join the Communist Party and you join the right institutions you go from your like village to the city, you get the better education, you better go to apartment. Moscow, you can get stationed abroad, you have, you have, you know, you have drivers, you have access to better, better schools, better, uh, you know, dachas, to better everything, to better yeah. hospitals, everything. So, so in a way it's like you join the elite, but it's like, yeah, but I do, I do want to say, I think it's an important thing I, it, because, you know, I'm not a rabid liberal, very far from that, but I do want to say, I think it's actually extremely important, like historical turn. When the old guard was massacred and anyone connected to that by Stalin throughout the 30s uh, I mean that kind of any kind of avant-garde or any kind of thinking man revolutionary kind of mindset over, yeah. that was over so that was over in, truly not in the 80s when it was really over it was over way before yeah. and a lot of people like talking about it and they I might not agree with them because they're rabid liberals but that's like no but pa- actually part of it is true I think you know maybe we should even maybe we can talk we might about cut that. it out whatever no no no, no, no. I can't no. Well, we won't cut nothing out from this <laughs> podcast. No, but I think actually maybe we can even talk about it on a different podcast because I think it is an, it is an interesting thing. Like the idea is like when did actually 
the Soviet Union die? Like when was the Spir moment? Spiritually when, died way when, when was the when was the spiritual death rather than like the physical collapse? And but that's like but that's a, you know uh, from our narrow uh, sort of focus today on on like the crazy um, you know response of of the of, of 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 the Russian world to these protests. You know, it's a little bit like it's 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 connected, obviously. But it's, it's connected. We're getting ahead of ourselves, and bit, I think we have to. Yeah. yeah, I think we have to uh, go into the Facebook battles of Russians and just quote them, just very quickly, and that yeah. we end, yeah. and yeah. then we, and then we're done. Yeah. So, do you want to be the first? Because like oh. that actually sounds do we, so insane. Do we, where, where, do we have okay, it in some okay. list? Do we have it in some list? Or well, something? I have I my most favorite bits. I can like kind of qu quote because I think that's like there's something more important to remember okay um, let's see i'm opening the, the their notes here uh, okay i can be kind of the first one because i i'm i, ah. I feel kind of ready okay at Go least a little bit of that and it's already written in english do it because some of that i need Go to ahead. say okay so um one of the kind of character that seems to be is like almost um what do you call it archetype it's like very recognizable mm -hmm. uh, uh it's sort of like a fourth wave uh, i like how you're saying fourth wave immigrants like the ones that moved i don't know last few years 10 years to america and uh glorified don't know nothing about this history very ignorant people and at the same time very rapidly aggressive anti-protest anti-black very racist open Openly. Uh, anyway, so uh, there's this woman, I don't know who the hell she is, what she does, maybe small business owner, I'm not going to say her name. And she wrote this arguing with some person on Facebook, I think in English, arguing with an American, it seems like. She says, true, it's all history, and blacks were brought to this country as slaves and started from scratch. But same as they were brought here as slaves, we today immigrants are coming here with zero dollars in our pockets, starting from nothing. And besides money issues, we have to work on our legislation, naturalization, which takes huge amount of our lifetime and lots of money as well. And you know what? We don't loot, we don't rob, we start working right away or try to get local education if we can afford. We pay taxes, we start our tiny businesses. So what's preventing any other people in this country from doing the same damn things? Just a few days ago, a friend of mine, she's daughter of Ukrainian immigrants, she came here when she was around seven, got her scholarship in Columbia University. Her parents weren't rich, she's an American, but she fucking made it. She, <laughs> so, not, not so, Jesus. <laughs> Fucking Christ. So obviously, it's all possible and doable. You just gotta work and be responsible for your damn life. Oh, brutal. That's the woman in her, she looks maybe in her, I don't know, early 30s. She's like, you know, she might like hip immigrant hanging out in Williamsburg. I do have to say. like She's like, what? She has like photos of her in Domino Park and. In, what is it, Burning Man? She's like Burning Man photos, Domino Park in Williamsburg. You know, like she's just. That's brutal, and yeah, I mean, that's like... But archetype, I think it's yeah, very, like, yeah. I'm kind of impersonal, I don't I mean, care about her. Basically, there are thousands of people like that, that had, like, over the past week, in, like, these sort of, um, uh, in these sort of, like, crazy Facebook battles that have been raging on viral. Facebook. And basically, one of the main people who's instigating this, like, uh, is, uh, is someone named Katya Kazbek. She's, like, she's doing, like, the hard work of, like, actually arguing with all these people. It's, like, it's... It's pretty crazy, and they and, sh and they're, they she's like rile you know they've all been riled up. Yeah, she's a Russian, but I think she's been in America for some time, and she's kind of an academia, and she's a writer and um, yeah. an activist. Um, I think she calls herself Marxist, mm. and people hate her, her just for bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's like people. I mean, people are just like it's like the abuse that that anyone who uh, any Russian who actually tries to say hey 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 like I support these protests. 
and you know there's a like there's you know there's a they're legitimate uh, they they're right um, there's a whole history in, in America that um, if you understand it if you know it you'd understand that like there is actually there's actually a whole validity to, the, to these things you know like they get completely mobbed by people like this like this woman that Evgeny just quoted and it's like a lot of this stuff happens in Russian so it doesn't bleed over into the into the sort of the like the kind of the English language American language Facebook so they're sort of mm -hmm. insulated but but like it's pretty nuts I mean they're all basically I mean in denial of any kind of uh, historical you know exploitation any kind of a denial of sort of uh, what you know of an economy that's based on slavery and sort of the systemic sort of repression uh, economic and political of black people in America and um, and the kind of the the unique nature of uh, that like this group of people has in America. I mean, they're, they're not like they're not. They equate them with any other immigrant yeah, groups. Yeah, but they actually say that we're just like, like this person who came from Moscow or someplace, you know, and came here like on a fucking plane with some money in her pocket and had enough money to hire you know an immigration attorney, get a green card, and like is now owns a business within like what a span of a couple of years and goes to Burning Man, right? And like she's saying that we are just as uh, disadvantaged and just as exploited as um, slaves who were brought to America bound on a ship, basically, you know, bound for the entire journey. You know, mo a lot of them never survived. You know, then they're like, then they're, you know, basically, you know, bred like, like, like some kind of animals and treated like some kind of animals on, on, on these like plantations, you know, that we are exactly like them. Or better because, uh, because it's unlike, insane. <laughs> I mean, she, she, because I mean, she has to go through the naturalization process very, very hard. Yes. Like, and, 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 and yes, exactly. Like, unlike her, they were made American citizens immediately. You, they didn't. They didn't have to fight for a green card. How dare they protest? I mean, this is fucking sick. I yeah. mean, I mean, it's like it's like she should be deported for just for that shit. Oh, speaking of deported, should, you know, maybe we should if we uh, deport her to ICE, they probably give her a medal. Oh yeah, well, they probably give her a medal. You know, the Trump <laughs> yeah, administration will probably give her a medal. Yeah, speaking of deported, another thing I, I like connected to. Oh. Well, I know we're almost close to that. But then, speaking of deported, um, so people hate this um, activist, New York-based activist Katya, so much that uh, one woman came in. I'm talking about the Russians, and sort of like in this, like in a nasty tone, asks um, if uh, there's like a practice in in, the, in America of of deporting naturalized citizens. Uh, basically, in a way, almost like threatening Katya because I think she might ah. be a naturalized citizen. What? Uh, or I don't know, really? what is she a Greek alcohol holder? Uh, it, in this way, because of how nasty she is. But because she says that, like, Do you, you know what you, I mean? Because she, she doesn't like, she's against, she says, like, like she's you, against America. Oh, ah, I see. Because, yeah, because, like, if you hate America so much, you should be deported. Implying that. It's like, mm, is there a practice wow. in the United States of deporting naturalized citizens? There is. Because you're right that you're no, for black lives No, but lives I mean, matter? generally, it's possible. Really? Of course. Because, oh, okay. yeah, like, I mean, you can be... It's, but then you, you can strip and I can be stripped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so try us. You remember, like, there's, you know, my parents' friend or my parents' friends are sort of the more rabid kind of, like... You know, or, you know, like American patriot, Russian, uh, Soviet, Jewish immigrants who like told you, like, if you criticize America, like, what the hell are you even doing here? Oh, yeah. I was once attacked by this woman, very successful Russian immigrant, uh, kind of like nice. I don't know. Is she liberal or conservative? I don't know. It actually doesn't matter. She's a business owner. And, yeah. uh, Whatever. I, I don't she's, know. Yeah, she's like an American a, patriot. She's right? like a, a standard uh, Soviet uh, Jewish uh, immigrant who came to America. You know, but not standard in the way that she's actually 
kind of very successful. I mean, but a lot of people, but a lot of people are, you know, have, I mean, a good number of people, you know, have started some kind of successful this that's or true, that. That's like, true. I don't want to say that everyone. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, there's people who are not doing well for sure, but like she's she's. She's on the upper end of the yeah. She's she's you know, she's, you know she owns a couple of houses, whatever. Doesn't yeah. matter on the upper end of it. Doesn't anyway, matter. it she, actually doesn't I even matter. It doesn't even matter if you were poor and, and a Soviet immigrant. You're still gonna say the exact same thing. I, like I said, like I don't think it, one of the things that we're trying to say here, I think, is that it doesn't actually matter doesn't what actually your matter. position anyway, is. Anyway, she would yeah. ask me at like, like some party, like, like what what am I? Why am I here? Yeah. And I was thinking about it. I don't know. Can I? Am I not allowed to be here? I mean, I don't, because, I don't know. Like, if you criticize America, like get the fuck out. You know, it's like love <laughs> it's like, it or leave love it. Love it or leave it. I'm that's like, okay. that's the Russian immigrant, or Soviet the immigrant, the Jewish immigrant okay. position. Yeah, but I think we're in the section where we quote we quote things. I don't okay, want to like. Let's do it. Yeah, that's, that's all. It's all you because I don't have it in front of me. You don't have it. Okay. Or, and another because yeah. some of this is so great. I sent it to you. It's all on Telegram on the Russian sponsored <laughs> propaganda channel. Anyway, uh, so another great thing is um, basically. Uh, these people uh, that if you click on their like Facebook accounts, they like have some kind of I don't know baby pictures, and they're like this uh, so-called like I don't I don't know what the hell like Brooklyn-based sort of Russian immigrants working, let's say potentially in tech or something like that, uh, and uh, they uh, respond to this like Katya's posts that are explain what the hell is going with protest and being generally pro-protest. As one guy Mark writes, uh, horrible uh, lefty propaganda, uh, suck a dick. Of a, of a black guy standing on your knees, uh, you fuckhead. Uh, and then you click on him and he's like this kind of polite, sort of uh, looking kind of dead with like a wife and, who runs and children. Or who runs marathons <laughs> and kind of like this um, just visually kind of white professional managerial type. And yeah. then he writes yeah. that very kind of openly. Go, go suck a black dick, you, f- you whore, basically. You whore, yeah. basically, yeah. yeah. What a horrible, like, yeah. lefty propaganda. Like if, you, if, you, if, you, if you support, sort of, like, if you, like, side with, uh, you know, and a, a kind of an oppressed minority, you're basically a whore who's sucking their cock. And that's, yeah, it's your thing. I mean, that's, that's like, and that's basically an argument that's repeated over and over and over in different various, various ways. Another thing that I, that I, um, that was from weeks ago, remember where the, in, in yeah. Minneapolis, one of the horrific kind of occurrences is, was this uh, peaceful activist I think he was like 70 in his mid 70s I don't yeah. remember uh, he was just returning I think a helmet to one of the tried to return a helmet to a police officer yeah. and there is a video from multiple angles just yeah. available and clearly this Russian he, guy watched it and uh, so if two police officers kind of uh, pushed him and the guy he's old and tall he fell and hit his head on the pavement and his he, brain uh, he has brain, brain damage I think from that he started believing from the ear, it was yeah, really and, bad. The, and the police officers who hit him, they like kept going. I think that's kind of famous. Probably people know what yeah, we're talking course, about. Yeah, yeah, and again, another guy who actually work in film or TV. I think one one of the major TV channels in Moscow, and actually a marathon runner because his avatar is from some marathon okay, he runs. Okay, he's uh, serious about his fitness. He writes uh, in this video. I clearly see that this man fell uh, himself. 
under like uh, after <laughs> <laughs> after a, a, a slight uh, after a very slight push he yeah. fell himself and then he adds like old people every winter uh, like fall themselves and uh, injure themselves and you the, you don't really need to push them for them to fall and there's there's like big argument about that because I think Katya and some other people cannot believe really that yeah. he's saying that because it's one of those brutal things yeah, but it's that like really an elderly man gets pushed by a bunch of cops and uh, uh, like from his ears. And he hits his head. I mean, you can actually hear the his head striking the pavement on on like on a video shot from far away. It's like it's like a, one of those. It's like you can hear the crack, and then it's immediately starts bleeding from his ear, like, and you know, and then like, and then apparently, right? He's like lost con. You know, he has some kind of permanent brain damage because yeah. of that. Um, and he's he has alive. a peaceful But anyway, in and short, I, yeah, for this and that guy, actually, you blame the person being uh, abused by cops because he just it's like he tripped and fell. And but like, that's actually a fascinating one that I yeah. wouldn't expect because one thing is been used to Russians being just racist and anti-black. Yeah. Uh, but another thing that was actually a bit surprising because the guy is looking at the videos and the guy has not been aggressive towards cops. Really, just like yes. returning a helmet, not pushing the cops, not yelling at them, and he, it's still this is the mentality so pro cop that they don't even have the they're, video makes you cringe actually. They don't anti, even have an empathy. They're anti politics. They're anti political um, protest. They're anti political yeah. organization. They're anti politics. I mean, they're like. Probably, I mean, and so like to the point where they have to, that they end up like basically defending cops, yeah. right? Because they hate politics they more hate than politics. cops. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, it's a great way to put it because it's not even like, it doesn't matter. That guy was white and old and yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. They hate politics. They fucking hate politics. I mean, all they of them are united against, it's like they, all they see is like people, they united especially against when people make claims that they're like, discriminated against or there's like some kind of systemic discrimination and, and that they're not that like that makes them so fucking rabid they, they, they're willing to just like I mean they don't give a shit basically they like uh, it's it's ins- I mean I, I, I think your point about the like the the denial of the revolution you know and the denial and, and like everything that comes with that because when you deny the kind of the legitimacy of the re- revolution of like the the things that caused it uh, you can you can disagree with what happened after the revolution, you know, but like, but the fact that there are actually political and economic grievances that led up to the you know to the breaking up of the, mm-hmm. of the Tsarist empire, uh, and like the creation of this sort of socialist Bolshevik society, like, like that there is even any kind of validity, even a little bit to that to why it happened, like it leads to basically this, it leads to the denial of any kind of political grievance or you yeah. Know, I um, think it's connected. I know we, we went on a tangent there, yeah. but it's actually not much of a tangent because that's the only way to explain it. Because how else do you I mean, explain the, it? The, yeah, the uh, Russians, whether uh, immigrants, um, uh, you know, or in, in Russia, I mean, they are highly anti anti politics, anti anti politics, and like the one thing that everybody agrees on is that politics are wrong. It's like and as if there's like we are against sort of like the, we we are for like a law uh, an orderly society. You know, so this sort of new, like a, a kind of a neoliberal like default as like as if that's the natural state of the world, mm-hmm. and like anything that seeks to change that through po- political action rather than like through competition of your labor and your talents on a market is yeah. criminal. Is actually like it's not like bad, it's like criminal and to the point where if you need Should to suppress it with you know violence. You do it. Yeah. Because otherwise it leads to the Soviet Union. Yeah. And that's, people definitely have heard of a certain number of protests in Russia that were rather big, like 2011, okay, but even, or 
last summer yeah. 2019 when we were, were in Moscow and actually now it all it all comes together because the only protests that people would go to are the ones that are for fair election because what it is what actually, no what is fair election it's like the last <laughs> no no it's a competition it's because it, you're not allowing a, a, a real competition to happen yes okay uh, that they will protest um, what what else like, but nothing free, else really I mean basically nothing else anti-corruption censorship yeah but corruption uh, and their kids connected they, but yeah. they, they somehow love this kind of corruption because corruption is basically I mean this is why this new liberal thing is all about corruption and transparency because corruption is supposedly um, violates a sort of the uh, a, a kind of a natural ability for, mm -hmm. for competition right because when you corrupt then, then, then you can't have free competition yeah then the market can't function with totally. corruption and you need transparency in order for the market to yeah. function so everyone sees the, you know the market is transparent i, I don't i didn't think I, i could fully like um articulate that because yeah. i felt rather weird about both the 2011-2012 protest i mean i was i guess supported but i felt a bit weird and the latest yeah. pro navalny liberal yeah. opposition so-called liberal opposition process i felt bizarre about them as well even though we went to a few the the only way to protest is for neoliberal practices through the market yeah for the market to be allowed to run its own kind of way see, yeah through through your like yeah a market on on multiple multiple levels the market on for like you know economic like whatever the businesses market for politics the market for ideas the yeah. market for your talents like what the, the problem is that these people are bums that they're protesting because they actually don't want to do the hard work to actually like do something with themselves yeah it, compete in the market you know start a business or whatever it's actually very very telling yeah and and and, yeah. and you know another thing that's actually very different between sort of what you can when we were in, you know within russia this past summer and there were the protests against the sort of Uh, basically, the, the on uh, city municipal elections on a city level, uh, some candidates who are liberal sort of candidates from the opposition were not allowed to register for the election. So that was the, what the protests were about. They wanted them to re be reinstated. I mean, there's, there's some there's valid there's a valid point about that. They were being kept off the rolls because the city government didn't want, you know, these oppositions to basically dominate the city government. But like what was interesting about those is they were very, very, I mean, they were, they were happening at the same time that in, in Paris and in France, there was the Yellow Vest protests and the Yellow Vest protests were very violent. I mean, and generally in Paris, like protesters don't mind breaking windows. Putting light, ATM on fires. Light, lighting <laughs> shit up, you know, lighting shit up like they don't mind it. In fact, it's just like, you know, you go to Paris, you see that all the time you know, every weekend. Uh, and like, and sort of the liberal, even sort of the progressive liberals who are right now, because there are some like, There are some like woke Russian liberals who are arguing with like unwoke Russian liberals about like that, like, what are you talking about? Like, you're just being racist. Like, there's a, you know, it's a legitimate protest movement. So they're like, so there's woke Russian liberals. Even those woke Russian liberals were, were like on Twitter saying how proud they were that we, even though we're opposition, we have these big protests in the center of Moscow, we don't destroy private property. We're not like the velo, yellow vest, like le, like leftists, like anarchists who don't value private property. And in fact, they're like, not trashing Ferraris. No, no. Next so like, so we, were, we were actually in the middle of this protest, and it moved like up to us, and there was all these expensive cars. Very. You know, it was the center of Moscow. Yeah, so. like basically, you know, 10 minute walk from the Kremlin, like all these really expensive shops, expensive apartments, right? And they were really proud that like not a single car, fucking yeah. expensive car was touched, not a scratch. Not a scratch on any piece of property, and they were in there. So, so when these same people are, you know, see like property destruction, in you know, in like in these protests, 
and see looting, they go, they're like, I mean, they, like, you can see their eyes turn red, they, the, the vein bulges on their fucking forehead, you, they go into a rage because to them, again, they are like extreme neoliberals. To them, private property sacred. is like, yeah, it, there is nothing more sacred. It is holy. And so, and they differentiate themselves from that because to take someone's private property is the ultimate criminal act for them, you know? And they, uh, on top of all the other things that they don't like the protest for, the sort of the politics of it, the demands for political solutions to, um, to, to economic and, and social problems, they, the other thing that they fucking lose their shit about is like seeing a storefront broken, you know, or, or like lighting something on fire. Like, what? Like, what? Like, what? Like, this, I mean, they do see, it's like the echo of, 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 a of revolution the revolution. That they deny. <laughs> that they deny and that they see as like basically collective hysteria and madness, like, like something like, like some kind of. The demons. Yeah, like like, 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 the, like demons. the demons took over. And yeah. you know, it, it reminded me because when, when you start talking about it, um, you know, speaking of general the immigrant kind of sensibility, uh, I have an acquaintance uh, who um, this comes from also liberal intelligence in Moscow. She moved to South Africa, lives in Johannesburg, married into kind of like white. Um, what would you call <laughs> property owner elite? Matter, uh, it doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't no, matter she what they into are. A white South African family. Yes. Yeah, lives in this rich kind of white suburbia. Has a black, has a small child, and has a black nanny. Kind of the full fucking thing. Yeah. And. Uh, her Facebook posts are kind of fascinating as well. Uh, I mean, I won't call her name, but again, she was outraged by how a black criminal, George Floyd, whom she doesn't deny was unlawfully killed, but a black criminal with criminal past. Yeah. And she says, how can the cr a criminal... A person with a criminal past with some sort of like years in prison behind yeah. his back is bad are you telling me he's not bad and uh, she hates to see uh, him becoming any sort of symbol even though it's clearly not just about him what's happening and uh, you know and she was kind of fighting people in English this one was happening all her fights were in English and what's kind of I found hilarious is even her seems to be a family she married into basically the white South African people uh, mm. were kind of embarrassed <laughs> by her writing and tried to kind of shut her down in the comment section but even they couldn't so she's in a way <laughs> kind of more openly both racist and intolerable and conservative openly and uh, I don't know what you yeah. name it you saw it yeah that <laughs> the South Africans, yeah. at least in the open, so they were embarrassed because they're embarrassed because she was saying something. Maybe they maybe they believed it know. privately, yeah. But but they but she was saying it and she was writing it in English. I mean, she was like basically there's like okay, so George Floyd had some like has a some criminal past, and she's mm -hmm. saying that like yeah. I mean, she's like she basically says that if you are ever a criminal, you're a bad person. You're a bad person, and there's you cannot be redeemed. No. And the fact that um you know and and like actually there is no excuse for criminality, mm -mm. like. Like that poverty or something, or any kind of, like it can lead to criminality, or like, or there's a, there's a there's a causal relationship between things that are considered criminal and actual like systemic um, um, systemic racism and systemic sort of uh, repression of of a particular uh, of a particular group of people because you can criminalize certain things for some groups and not criminalize other things for for others, right? Like I mean, so to her. I mean, she latched onto the fact that there's like, you know, George Floyd has some criminal history. 
Um, and then she, you know, posted a bunch of these right-wing articles that totally over-exaggerate. Like, yeah, and she reposted Candace Owens, a black yeah. Trump supporter. Yeah, she's like, a, she reposted yeah. the most reactionary sort of like takes and um, basically a lot of this is just bullshit on like George Floyd's sort of criminal past. But to her, she used that because, because, because it's like, um, you know, like it's what these people need to delegitimize what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. And to her, like the fact that like, you know, George Floyd is a criminal and he's being lionized and made into a hero. That's wrong. I cannot support a movement that does that. But then she says, I'm a big supporter of black people. And the next post, I think it's, because it, it's very telling, I have to say it. And yeah. right the next post after that, uh, she is doing a crowdfunding for her birthday, uh, uh, kind of crowdfunding campaign, uh, sort of like charity yeah. kind of thing uh, for some kind of like black, uh, poor black mother in South Africa and <laughs> I guess also in her city, Johannesburg, yeah. uh, who's out of job because of COVID, yeah. uh, and she wants to gather some, I don't know, a few thousand dollars for her, and that and that that's makes, her that, being supporter of black that people. That makes sense, because she's doing it on a per, per, private you know, private initiative. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly, like, exactly, comes, yeah. and she's like, what are you saying? I'm a supporter of black Look people. Look at me, I'm giving money to this black woman. Uh, your and, money. Uh, yes, and uh, your money, you, I'm asking you to give money to the black woman that, of my choosing. Yeah, and she supposedly <laughs> uh, pr frequently prouds herself on treating. I, but but the same yeah. thing, like I get to choose which black woman you give money to. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And she supposedly prouds herself on treating her black nanny like rather well uh, during COVID. Who who's oh, taking some God, kind of two-hour bus to her white suburb, and I think she didn't fire her for her own sake because she wanted to provide her with job. You know during those yeah. hard times. Do you know what I'm... Yeah, no, I know. You know what's amazing, too, is, like, you just have... All, suddenly all these Russians came out of nowhere to, like, give their extreme, like, completely irrelevant opinion on what the hell is going on in America. Like... Oh, you, they're very vocal. No, 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 but it's, like, like, it's actually kind of surprising to me because, like, it's like, oh, these Russians are just sitting there not doing anything, and suddenly these protests triggered them in a huge way. Because they triggered private yes. property. No, no, you loot Louis Vuitton, Russian gets triggered. No, no, but it, it's like, yeah, you loot Louis Vuitton, no, a, a Russian person triggered. cries. Yeah, that's yeah. you can't do that. There's a vigil is held. Oh. On the Kreml, in the Red Square. Oh, it's like the Russian flag goes down and Half people mast, stand. Yeah. And it's like one minute of silence. Yes, for the for Louis every, Vuitton bag. For every Louis Vuitton bag that went Gucci. missing, uh, there's a, a minute, a moment of silence, oh. and and uh, and a, a letter is posted on the Kremlin wall. You know. <laughs> but yeah but I but I think they are triggered I mean they they're triggered in a way they like came out of the woodwork and they're triggered in a way that I have never seen them triggered because again because it's because this um the, like the American sort of system the American sort of ideology and worldview and like the, the, the society that they're actually trying to copy back home, right? Or that they fled the Soviet Union no, to join. It's, it's like they see that as an attack on their ideology, on their dreams personally. Yes. Even if they pretend to be apolitical or don't have ideology, it's like an attack on their entire, I don't know, religion, cosmology. Yes. It's yes. like that's yes. everything they believe in. Yes. If you say, it, it just, you can't, you can't, actually, you can't, what if you say? You can't say it. That's no. the, what they believe in. Because it, it, you're delegitimizing, you're saying that God doesn't exist. Yeah, I know in America it's very similar, but I think in Russia, because it's like a more newly capitalist consumer society, the, the idea of market, and sometimes it's used like, oh, just, you don't even say, you don't need to say free market. They just some say, really, like, market, market. It, it's almost feels like it's referred to i heard it throughout 90s as a kid not understanding what it was my mom just would tell me oh that's market but she would be like kind of 
explaining to me why something is the way it is could, could be a bit miserable but that's just all oh, what market is like that I'm thinking what's market I don't know then yeah. I studied economics I found out what market is but anyway it's still you know I mean, it might be a bit slow but I think market is God yeah. it's like market is new Lenin it's yeah. like before Lenin Marx market it's yeah. almost like instead of Marx Marx to market no yeah. I'm telling you there's something because you didn't grow up in Russia Russia is very specific it's like market is God yeah they have like they have it's a the, metaphysical have, almost it's have, not like no no of course and they have like the, the, the kind of the, the, the belief and the burning passion of like the newly converted you know um, it's the same as like uh, kind of a more known thing than about the Russians inside Russia, a known thing about immigrants in general and Russian or Soviet immigrants in particular that they're extremely right wing, very patriotic. Yes. Uh, there's like a saying, a proverb uh, that to the right from immigrants, Russian immigrants, there is only a wall because you can't be, I mean, it yes. doesn't sound as good in English, but it's basically to the right of the immigrants, there's only a wall because you can't be more right yes. than a Russian immigrant. Yeah. And this is what you, your argument is that actually it's not just the immigrants, like, Russians are immigrants in their own country. It's like colony. There's metropolia. It's here. It's glorious so, and holy. So and we're a colony. And that's right how of, I grew up. Yeah, basically to the right of a Russian, there's only a wall. But actually, the Russians in Russia, whether it's the Kremlin people, whether it's the opposition to the Kremlin, yeah. right? They are, they have an immigrant mentality in their own country. Yeah. A Russian immigrant mentality in their own country, which is like, which is, it's like it's 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 a, it's a because well it's not it's just a, I mean I, I think no you know, schizophrenic if you consider that frequently very very poor people who actually don't own much private property beyond like a tiny tiny I don't know what room have this mentality as well that's yeah. why I'm saying schizophrenic I'm not just saying that only wealthy landowners no. oligarchical uh, oligarchy and people surround them have that obviously but I'm talking about just like pretty much everyone that's yeah. kind of fascinating yeah well but it doesn't matter I mean because it's aspirational, right? It's it's because it's, it's, it, it's like yeah. uh, you know, um, it doesn't matter what the material possessions because we can all because that's the whole point. And that's actually boils down to I know we like well and attention, but I really kind of believe in it in a well, way. This is, a this of, is, you're getting a straight rant from us, you know. This is what you paid for. It's yeah. like a brain tap. You're getting yeah. it. I it's do have to say, you know, I was fascinated when I first discovered Adam Curtis. It kind of fascinated me because like one of the things that I think you get from different his programs, movies, and he frequently bit kind of like repeats a few of the points is that ideas are in a way more important. And if you believe in something, it's almost like a religion. And yes. this is a new religion, like market Th that would define your views and your takes on life and your allegiances in a way, almost more so than the real economic relationship you participate in on a daily basis. Yeah. I think that's one of the outtakes. He doesn't talk necessarily about it, but it's one of the outtakes of when you look yeah. at what I'm, Adam Curtis trying to kind of create for this like visual narrative. One of his anyway, like, kind of this is a meta, is meta, meta narrative. It's a meta na narrative. It, how ideas can affect you in this weird way. And they affect you uh, like in, in on like the reaction for and the reaction against. Yes, right? but that's also the, they yes. affect you to a degree that your reaction to the reality around you would be based on these ideas rather than the reality itself. Yes. And I don't know, whatever, what is reality is a different, <laughs> it's a different question, but clearly there's like a lot of mismatches because yeah. the ideas are so powerful. And, and so this is, and partially we, we're kind of talking about what are yes. these ideas, these are the ideas. No, I know, yeah. And their ideas flow from like the idealized image that America has projected about itself, uh, to, you know, to itself, and to the world, but 
the, that idealized image in America is breaking down. You know, the people people here in America don't believe in it as uh, as much as, as vigorously. Yes, as yes, as strongly as vigorously. I actually, it's a good question. I don't know how much the like the elites of this country like, or maybe they don't even give believe anything anymore. Maybe they're just cynical or whatever. It's a good question, you know, because there's like still you know people who do believe in that America hasn't is like has an exceptional role to play in America in the world. People still believe in American exceptionalism here, I guess. That's true. I don't I, mean, I don't want to to a large degree, but but like but but like there are parts of the population that don't believe it and haven't believed in it for a while and sometimes these things explode, you know, in a way that you can't really contain it. Like, you know, you have these protests and these big riots and you have, you know, a whole a city that that's so fed up with like the way that they're being treated that they go and burn a police station, you know, and like that is a, you know, symbolically, that is just such a huge thing that you cannot ignore. Um, and, you know, like, but because Russians believe in the American I- idea, uh, you know, more strongly than uh, some Americans themselves believe it. I know I keep repeating myself, but I think it's important to repeat this. That's even the Kremlin. So the Kremlin might be sort of like, chafing and kind of fighting it out a little bit with the sort of the American empire and trying to like geopolitically get, so geopolitically but fundamentally they believe in the American way of doing things and so why this response you know in the Russian internet and like from from Russian pundits uh, across the spectrum is that it's actually an attack on, on them you know on their on their worldview on their religion and um and it's fascinating to watch. It's it's like it was so un- so unexpected, right? Yeah, I, I actually I'm morbidly fascinated. It's like yes. the most fun thing that happened media wise. I mean, yeah, like they didn't even just ignore it. I mean, they just like they because it's like it was a it was a, such a they violent came out reaction. of the woodworks, as yeah. you say. Yeah, yeah, they just it's like it's it's pretty amazing. And you know, and you know what's what's amazing. I mean, I think you know because look, I mean, part of what I do in the immigrants as a weapon here is I'm kind of been writing kind of the history of of American propaganda uh, machine, you know, that's it was actually very much, uh, um, you know, a big component of projecting American values um, of a free enterprise of, you know, sort of liberal democracy of, uh, of sort of a, a kind of a capitalist democracy, democratic system, you know, into the Soviet Union and into other, into, into, into um, sort of, um, you know, the third world. Um, that w- w- what's incredible is that like, the, the sort of the commentary that you're getting from uh, an outlet like Radio Liberty uh, uh, on, the, on the protests is exactly the same as the coverage that you get from Russian state television and as you get from Russian opposition figures. So it's like they're completely unified. So the American, American propaganda... Russian propaganda and, and Russian liberal propaganda, like they are... Oh, completely overlaid. But yeah. you can then say because you've been uh, doing this like um, yes. his, historical series yeah. about Radio Liberty and all that. Actually, Radio Liberation from Bolshevism. Yes, um, they won. In the, yes. what, what you're just quoting now, yes. it means because they were, you know, they trying won. to do it for Ameri- the past fifty years. Russia they won. is a totally vanquished place. Vanquished place. Its ideas. Geopolitically, um, it's there, but to some degree. Geopolitically, it has some. It has some independence. Um, uh, it's a big country with a big, you know, a big army. I a mean, lot of oil, a lot of gas. I mean, it, it's it's a but on an on an ideas level, on a, on almost like a, a religious level, you know, uh, on almost like a you know an ideological level, it is like a totally vanquished place. Um, it is guided by the ideas that were basically put there by its the, its enemy. You know, it's, you know, that, that it had been fighting for 100 years, you know, less, less than 100 years. But, but yeah, 
I mean, what we're saying now, actually, a lot of people would be, will be, you know, Russians will be very angry with us. And, 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 you know, not only the vanquished, it's one of the most schizophrenic places I've seen because, you know, even though I grew up there and it's supposed to be totally normalized, it's like in the very center you walk and uh, you see uh, a huge monument still there uh, to Friedrich Engels, uh, where it says like something like uh, workers of the world unite, not joking, like still there. Uh, it's very close actually to the Kremlin. And then next to it, there's Rolls-Royce dealership. Yeah. I have pictures to prove. Yeah. And like within like maybe like you need Picture. to walk. I have proof. I have proof. No, because it's hard to believe. Like, no, yeah. no think of it. It's a no, bit it's hard totally to fully insane. believe. No, I totally, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It even hard for me, because I before I would always like I would grow up around it and see it, but not really see it. Yeah. <laughs> and now I see it. It's a, it's a very weird place, and yeah. so I think they would like those. Mon- I think they would like to take down those monuments, but they kind of haven't. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. Um, the, the Rolls Royce is a new religion. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know that dealership. It's fucking huge. It's right by. It's by the Kremlin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine if you had a Rolls Royce dealership like next to the White House. Okay, what about another thing? Do you know, like America, it doesn't exist. You can't do it here. You can't do it in Paris. But in Moscow, uh, on the taxi app, yeah, you have uh, the most expensive Maybach. Yeah, you can get a limo. Yeah. Like a like a Mercedes limo, yeah, yeah, Maybach, yeah, Maybach. Maybach yeah. within five minutes, there are like a few hundreds of them in Moscow. But that's freedom. It's uh, a market. You can get it there. It's a market. Yeah, but my point, you can't even get it in I know, like New it's York because America's communist. Yeah, it's like what is with America? Like, what is you only get an SUV, like a black SUV? That's bullshit. No, you can. You can't like there. You anyone if they have the ability can op- can download a taxi app and order a. Like top of the line Mercedes limo that basically like you know only China and Russia buys and some and I Saudi think Saudi Arabia, Arabia Saudi Arabia no, but basically only only Russian like uh, you know like top government officials and business people have these um, they own but then if you're a simple person you can still order a taxi Maybach because yeah. yeah sometimes you just need that extra comfort boost. yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, we still never took it because we're just, yeah, we're just losers. What else? Do you have any closing remarks? I, I, I think we've, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, I don't know if there's a good way to, uh, to end it. Russian citizens for American empire. Yeah. And private property. Yeah. I mean, uh, Russians, Russians for free enterprise. Free enterprise. Russians against welfare. <laughs> Russians against... Um, Russians like, against politics. That yeah. that should be some almost like a podcast. Yeah. Uh, like, Russians uh, against politics. Yeah. Okay, we're done. So Russians against politics. Uh, thank you for listening. Okay. Bye.